Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be another Destiny 3 Theory video. This is new. There's new things that have happened and have been said that we're going to be talking about. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you could probably catch me live right now at SayNoToRage.com if you want to catch these live. If you want to listen to the podcast episodes, the full episodes, you can just look up SNTR Presents on any of the podcast platforms. And if you're on YouTube, hit and like, share, subscribe, and the bell button. All of that will help you uh, and help my channel and not miss out on the content. It'll help you not miss. So there's been some new developments in the Destiny 3 theory world, and these come in two, two big categories. Number one, Bungie said some stuff in a TWAB two weeks ago. So a couple of weeks ago, they said something that included, you know, a reference to the number of years that we're going to be in Destiny 2, and some people have concluded that means no Destiny 3. Also, Paul Tassi recently kind of floated a theory past me about Destiny 3's timing and what that means for this September, and I think it's a really, really solid theory. So uh, at the end of this video, I'm going to get into what I think the, the Destiny 3 launch and the previous plan, what that means for September, and why it has me kind of excited. So, But I want to start with what did they say recently, and also in the middle of the video, I want to talk about why I don't think D2 can hold the true vision they have for the game long term, but we will probably be in this game for a couple of years. So the image from the TWAB two weeks ago that I have here was from when they referred to new sets of armor in the core playlist, okay? New sets of armor are going to be in the core playlist, and they said we will create new sets like this each year, and then they said example given, year four, year five, year six, ETC. Now, First and foremost, they didn't need to say this. We need to be very, very clear here. That that, that was not necessary. Luke Smith, I'm, I'm pretty sure, is the one who typed this portion of the blog. He did not need to say that. When you say, we will create new sets like this each year, you don't need to clarify what you mean by saying, e.g., example given, year four, year five, year six, ETC. That... It's completely unnecessary. (laughs) The statement itself is totally clear that, oh, every year you're going to do this. You don't need to number off the years. Okay. People read this and immediately concluded we're never going to get a Destiny 3. We are are never going to get a Destiny 3. This is, we're going to be in Destiny 2 for forever, basically. I don't think that conclusion is necessarily on target or even really in relation to what this said. Uh, I also don't think that Luke Smith said this as just like a throwaway comment. I think this was very, very intentional. I personally have concluded from this blog post and from this statement from him that Destiny 3 is launching in 2023. Years 4, 5, and 6 will get us all the way to 2023, and I believe that's the launch year. I also believe and have theorized that Microsoft is helping Bungie build the next game and the next engine, in the background. Now, some have theorized we're going to get a new engine in September. That seems unlikely to me unless whenever they broke from Activision and Microsoft was like tweeting about it and Phil Spencer was very excited. Phil Spencer said he was excited to work on one of his favorite franchises with one of his favorite independent developers. I don't know what he means by that. How how is Microsoft and Phil Spencer going to be working on Destiny with Bungie? Those were very specific, you know, phrasing choices that he made. I suppose back when that break happened with Activision, Microsoft could have immediately leaned in and started helping to port Destiny 2 to a new engine that will then enable them to stay in it for a much longer time. 
I think we're somewhere in the I think we're somewhere in the neighborhood of what's going on. I do think Microsoft is involved at some level with the future of Destiny. I think Destiny is a perfect game for Microsoft's selling point of their new service-focused platform. They're not necessarily just focused on their new Xbox. They're focused on services. They're focused on play anywhere with anyone. And a long-standing million players a day franchise is a perfect game for Microsoft's new selling point and for their new platform push that they're going to want to do in the coming years. So I could see another and good long-standing relationship with Microsoft. Now, the reason I'm kind of theorizing all of this is my second section here. D2 doesn't hold. I just don't think Destiny 2 can hold the true Destiny that they want to build. They've used a lot of phrases about the Destiny 2 that we can be proud of. Well, not the Destiny 2 that we can be proud of. They want to build a Destiny they can be proud of. They want to build, you know, the, the Destiny that they've always wanted to build, okay? When they use those phrases, to me, I don't see Destiny 2's engine and it's like a cement truck of agility. Like, it's so hard for them to do things quickly and efficiently in this game. I don't see this game holding that that version that they're talking about. Also, there was an interview in December where Deej said they have cool things they'd like to say about the sequel, Destiny 3, but they can't do that right now. He also could have been talking about, we have cool things to talk about the future of Destiny 2. It was a very generic answer, but it was with respect to Destiny 3. So he could have been saying, there's really cool things that we're going to talk about in the future about Destiny 3, but he also could have just been talking about Destiny 2. It was in response to, we're going to have to wait for clarification, answers, or details on Destiny 3. So there is some sort of an answer. We just don't know what it is just yet. The speculation about the new engine in September, I get where people are coming from. Like, how could they suddenly have enough room to start adding stuff? How could they suddenly have enough room to start putting more substantive content in, especially for numerous years to come? And lastly, you know, when when they when they leave behind stuff all this year, and then suddenly they say in year four stuff can stay in for an entire year my eyebrows kind of go up and that leads to the really important part of this video the theory about what was the original plan and what does that mean for september thank you lep for the for the reason this theory was floated past me by Paul Tassi, and the more I think about it, the more I think it makes sense of sunsetting, the more I think it makes sense of the giant vacancies that will be in the loot pool come September from sunsetting for Endgame Infusion, and what it, it kind of makes sense of this year, this season, feeling light, feeling kind of skeleton crew, okay? The theory goes as this. September was the intended launch date of Destiny 3 with a pyramid ship story springboard, and that was the original timing that Activision was going to hold Bungie to. When they finally realized that they were not going to be able to meet that demand and that deadline, it was going to be simply impossible, that led to them breaking with Activision. Now, that doesn't mean that they weren't building stuff. They weren't building a springboard. They weren't building a a new weapon pool and armor pool and, and locations and a really, really good campaign. All of those things were either being built, specced out, uh, or, or you know being developed. Actually, getting you know into the post production of it. I believe whatever was intended for Destiny 3's 2020 launch date is the bones and the foundation for what we're getting this September, as well as what we're getting in year four. That is why I believe year four and this expansion in September will be significantly beefier than what we got in Shadowkeep. I believe the seasonal format will also likely be bolstered by this if they were developing 
all that stuff for a springboard vanilla launch. There'll be more weapons and armor than we got in Shadowkeep as a way to fill in all these gaps. So I think when people get upset about sunsetting, when they get upset about gear retirement or any of these things, you know, even our armor, I think September's going to land and it's going to feel like the Taken King where there's just loot everywhere. All new loot, all new guns, all new armor, new locations, really good raid, really good story. There were some leaks on 4chan that have lost their credence because of the person that posted it seemed like a pretty nasty person and didn't seem like somebody that would have been working for Bungie. But as I read those leaks, they really sounded like, man, this might actually be right on the money. And they really lined up with what's been happening right now and what was likely going to be the timing of Destiny 3. An expansion in September that really gives a beefier year four could also potentially free them up to have more bandwidth to get year five to be pretty thick. So if if right now this year has been thin, so they could really make sure that year four is really, really beefy, that means during year four, they could be beefing up year five as well. They could be really making sure that it's a it's a stout year five. Because again, the year four, five, and six from the TWAB is what I'm basing this off. We're at least going to be in years four, five, and six in Destiny 2. That would then enable them and set them up for year six to be their coast year. You let the live team take over, the DLC and the seasonal content feels more like Rise of Iron and Age of Triumph, sort of a downshift, sort of a coast, and then the live team takes over. Because right now, if they're if they're if they're gaining bandwidth and they're gaining substance by making this year thinner, that means they could do the exact same thing during year four. Year four has been beefed up, and then it just kind of starts to get delivered, and they can shift a lot of bandwidth to year five, and then eventually shift away and have a coast year where they lean in with Microsoft and can, you know, finish building the game, and then they launch Destiny 3 in 2023. They launch it in a very similar way that they launched Destiny 2 with a development partner. Vicarious Visions ported Destiny to PC and then was a great development partner for the life of Destiny 2. They could have a very similar setup with Microsoft because if Microsoft is helping them put this new game in a new engine, which we think it's the engine that they're going to use for the new Halo because they would have a very similar world feel. Halo and Destiny have similar feels to the shooting mechanics and the crisp, you know, all it needs to feel like Destiny, right? I think that's the most likely situation that's going to happen. Even if Destiny 3 never happens or Microsoft's not involved, I still think Destiny 3 was meant to land in this September and that's going to lead to this September's expansion and subsequent year 4 being significantly better than this year and really, really feel like a true turning point for the franchise. We're going to transition to Q&A for listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube. You can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the question and answer session that followed the new theories we have about Destiny 3 with regards to the launch date of it and everything else. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you could probably catch me live right now at saynotorage.com. If you want to listen to these as full episodes, as podcast audio episodes, you can look for SNTR Presents on any podcast platform. We've seen a really big increase in the audio listens to these episodes, so thank you for doing that. And those of you 
you that are on YouTube, hitting like, share, subscribe, and leaving comments. I appreciate that. We've gotten some comments recently about the length of Q&A. I am trying to shave it down. The sunsetting one went long. I thought that was a good idea. I wanted to really let people have it out and have a back and forth. Um, I obviously have my haters on the Bungie forums and, and YouTube comments claiming that like I'm dismissive and rude and don't and don't uh, let people disagree with me. I think a three-hour Q&A is proof that that's false. Uh, I think letting people come in here and disagree with me constantly. I had Drewski on the Rageous Roundtable. In that realm, I kind of let the Q&A go a little bit longer for that particular topic. For the rest of my Q&As, they'll probably continue to land about an hour and a half to two hours long. And if I skip questions, just keep in mind, I'm not trying to be rude or talk down to my my viewers. We're trying to be quick and efficient. And sometimes when I'm very short and I just say, oh, I've already answered this and I move on, that's just, that's just me being efficient. I'm not being rude to the people submitting questions. That's why they come back every day and continue to submit questions. I think they understand what exactly I'm trying to do. So just a little housekeeping on the front of the Q&A. 16 months from Buddha time, thank you. First question from Hockey Dan. With your theory of year 4 being originally what D3 was, do you think Bungie could be stretching that to year 5 and 6? So years 4 through 6 are segmented parts of D3 vanilla. I want to I want to rein in your your prediction a little bit and I touched on this in the video. I think year 4 will be whatever D3 was supposed to be stretched out. Yes. Now that doesn't mean we're going to have like a really thin year cuz they they try and stretch out a vanilla launch for 12 months, but with the seasonal format, I could see them saying we don't need to think about it like this. They're not delivering a $60 launch title anymore in September. According to this theory, they're not delivering a $60 launch title in September, okay? Which means they can shave part of it off and say, all right, we only need to deliver this much. It's a, th- it's a $35 expansion. They might do it for 40 to really bolster consumer confidence. Because if they said come out and say it's $40, like when Taken King came out, people might be like, what the frick is going on? But that does give credence to them slicing a piece of it off. Now, what they slice off could bolster the winter and maybe the spring season. And then all they really have to do is build the summer season. That would then enable them to spend most of next year beefing up year five and building year five because they've, they've, they've sort of sandbagged a little bit for year four. And so year four doesn't require as much work. They can work on year five. Then year five is a little bit sandbagged. It's a little bit beefier and bulkier than year three. Like year three would end up in this equation being one of the lighter, more thin years because Bungie goes into year four with a surplus of content. Like this stuff was already built and spec'd out. They go into year four with this surplus, enabling them to focus on year five and make it beefy. In my theory, then, that means year six would be their coast year. You let the live team take over. You let the game coast down. You do Age of Triumph, a lot of reprisal stuff, a lot of yay, celebrating all we've done in D2. And then 2023 is when D3 lands. Um, I know people think D3 is not landing. I, I, I still think it is. Um. I still think but 2023 is when D3 would land because according to CEO Pete Parsons, by the time 2025 hits, they want to be a multi-title developer and they want Destiny 2 to have gone through a major transformation. I don't know why he's throwing out 2025 unless 2025 is when they plan to launch this other title. I, to me, it just feels like D3 is a is a 
is a given at this point, even though people are kind you know, hinting that they know in the background, like, that's not happening. You know, Lep, Lep came in and kind of, <clears throat> like, coughed and was like, no, 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 this is the last Destiny. Um, I, I feel like any D3 plans would be locked up tight. Uh, and wouldn't be wouldn't be slipping through the cracks at this point, just so that nobody can confirm it and say, "Oh no, I've I've got confirmation internally." Um, Fricado with the next question: With the launch of the next gen consoles, until which point do you think it's viable to support the current gen, and how will this transition affect the timeline for D three? Well, I'm gonna take the first part of your question first. I think Bungie's goal with the new consoles is going to be to really, really push increased performance. Now, this could be where their relationship that we're speculating is happening with Microsoft. We've kind of speculated something's going on in the background. That could be one of the things that comes from that. A very good marketing push to put Destiny out on the forefront of both Microsoft's marketing as well as Bungie's to say you're going to get increased performance on the Series X. They might do similar things with the PS5 because they've updated the settings menu on console to mimic PC for quote future updates. To me, if they can market it well and spend, you know, if the if holiday 2020 the consoles come out and they spend the next 12 months trying to get people to switch over, that's when they would make that call. The hard thing is they would have to know almost ahead of time how many people are going to shift over. Like when they did Rise of Iron, um, when they did Rise of Iron, they left behind the old consoles and they said less than like 10% of the community was even on the old consoles at that point. So they were kind of like trusting that the final 10% would eventually trickle over anyway and buy the new consoles. And if they market the you know the update performance that you're going to be getting on these new consoles with destiny then a lot of destiny fans would come over and get the series x and the ps5 and then you'd be in you'd be in prime position to say we don't have to support the old consoles anymore because 90 to 95 percent of our community has shifted over or they're already on pc anyway so and then that's when we started talking about that that's when people started theorizing about microsoft building a new engine allowing the game to be bigger and more expandable and interact with dedicated servers that's when folks started saying oh we might be getting a new engine in September and I was just like I don't know the amount of work it would take to do that why wouldn't you start building Destiny 3 if you're going to go through the pain of porting this game to a new engine unless they found some technological you know shortcut loophole thing that enabled them to say we can get destiny in a new engine and it's not going to be that hard it'll net us more space more agility for updates interact with dedicated servers and then they spend the next couple of years literally deleting planets and re-adding other planets or bringing them back or something terraforming them and then they're larger again porting this game to another engine seems like an absolute monumental task it's possible you know, I keep saying where there's smoke, there's fire. Something's going on with Microsoft. Maybe that's what's been going on for the last couple of years since the announcement that Microsoft is porting D2 to, to, to a new engine. And then they feel empowered to plant their flag in D2 and never do a D3. And then that lets this game live on for forever. Like, wow, you know, they can just keep updating it if they put it in the right architecture and the right systems. T Funk with the next question. 
would you like Destiny 3 to lean into a more of a standard MMO, world bosses, large raids, gear sets, or lean more into RPG? This is one of those times where I I worry that people think evolution means a complete transformation. I would say think of it as with Pokemon. When the Pokemon upgrades and evolves, it's still the same Pokemon. It's enhanced. It's larger. That's where I would see Destiny evolving. If they go to a D3, enhance it and expand it. Don't change the core identity. It would still need to be, at its core, the same game. It would, it would, it would, it would, it wouldn't, you won't, I don't know. I'm, I don't, I don't know enough Pokemon to make an example here, but I, that's how I picture it. Like when I see the little pictures of like the three stages of a Pokemon changing, you can still clearly see where they came from and what they look like. And I, I worry that if you land the game and it's like, it's so much more MMO, it's more standard MMO. It's like hyper grind, hyper stat focused, insane hours required to make any progress. It's like you run the risk of losing your core audience. I'm talking about millions of players that would feel like this game's not for me. Evolution of franchises is a touchy subject because if it's too divorced, if it's too divorced from the past versions of the game, then you lose your core audience on the risk of gaining new. You know, you lose, let's just say you lose a crispy million. Right now, there's about a million players a day playing. After a seven-day period, they probably have a core audience around three, anywhere to three to four million players a week. Over a given month, that maybe five million people are regularly playing Destiny after a given month, okay? It's not the same million people playing every day. So, let's say you lose a crispy million players. They're like, this is too MMO. This is too MMO. It's too hardcore, all right? On the hope that you capture another million to replace and supplant them, you know? Games need to evolve, but not lose its identity. That's precisely my point. If you go too hard at the standard MMO with gear sets and stats and world bosses and hundreds of people in an area, it might not feel like Destiny. It might lose its, its charm. I know we want larger areas, but there is something about this game where you feel your your presence and your power is felt in the public space, in a lost sector, in a strike. And if you get swallowed by this giant world, it might start to feel less like Destiny. It's just like, oh my gosh, this is too big. Now, they can do some of what you're saying, yes. Some of what you're saying. Standing on plates... Needs to evolve past the point, but not lose its identity. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I don't disagree with what you're saying, like world bosses, bigger raids, gear sets. I hear that, and I think, ooh, you gotta be real careful, though. You gotta be real careful. You go too far down that road, and you're gonna lose your identity. If all of a sudden you drop my guardian into some just massive world the size of, like, ESO, and I'm just, like, running around and driving my sparrow around... I might not feel as heroic or as powerful and then you lose that there's something there's like a special destiny charm that would get lost and just swallowed and diluted as I've said before with the soup example if I have a pot of soup that can feed 10 people and you suddenly tell me the guest list was wrong and I have 20 people coming over if I dilute the soup by adding a bunch of water and broth 
the, 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 the substance and the flavor and all those nice little ingredient notes suddenly aren't as strong and as impotent. I'm feeding more people. It's bigger. It's a larger amount. But I've diluted the special recipe that really, mm, oh, this is so tasty. And then you're like, I can, I can kind of taste where you were going with this, but it doesn't quite taste the same anymore. That's the biggest concern about like a new engine or a larger game is you'd lose that destiny charm. You you lose the secret sauce. Soup's not a meal. I agree. My wife doesn't make soup almost ever. If she ever makes soup, she's like, no, 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 I know you don't like soup. It's tortilla soup and there's huge pieces of chicken. <laughs> I hate soup. <laughs> I hate it. If I'm sick, I'll take some. Like, you know, I'm good good uh a good bowl of soup when you're not feeling well is nice, but yeah, I'll take a stew over a soup. I need a meal, dude. I'm trying to eat, not freaking snack. <laughs> uh, Taekwondo. What are some ways that Bungie can build on their statement of making Destiny more RPG-like? Well, their goal there is to give you more stats and more player investment, and I think this is where a lot of people, and I said I wasn't going to go down the sunsetting rabbit hole, but I'm going to a little bit. A lot of people are misunderstanding what sunsetting is going to bring. Whenever I talked about Ori in the Blind Forest and Rayman Legends, I talked about the accessibility of checkpoints enabled them to turn the dial of intensity way up. You could you could really really take the player to the breaking point. You could really turn up the intensity. Why? Well, because you get to, you have a checkpoint right here. You get to jump right back in. So you can make it, you, you have these moments in Ori and in, and in Rayman Legends where you're like, I almost have it. And you, it's almost like there's something addicting about it. You jump right back in, right? You jump right back in and keep trying. Sunsetting, I think, will enable them to create a lot of depth and diversity that presently isn't there. And what I mean is this. At the current juncture, we have a lot of freedom on our armor. We have a lot of things that we can do. But the minute they start to put really powerful things in your armor, you enter a realm of power creep. And powerful friends on hunters is the best example I can give. How do you unseat that? Well, just make more uh, super powerful stuff. I'm sorry, what? That's that's power creep. It's not going to work. So you make other stuff that is almost equal to it or not better than it. So the the problem that they outline on weapons is beginning to rear its head in the armor system. So they want to give us more RPG, more build crafting, more diversity, more depth, like your build's vastly different than mine. They can't do that in a bland, safe, samey, we got it, we can't have power creep world. But sunsetting all of a sudden opens up this upper echelon area of, of fun power spice where you're doing something with powerful friends, but eventually it's not viable in the end game. And so you try something else out. You try a new build. It's similar. It, it, it's similar to what I was saying with like Rayman Legends and Ori. They can go more intense and more powerful because it's kept in check. So then you have more build diversity, more depth, and year to year, your loadouts completely change. People are always like, we need new uh, subclasses. We need new classes. I'm sick of Titan, Warlock, and Hunter. This is how you get a sense of new every couple, every year, every nine months when you're kind of rotating in different builds. I play with my Hunter 
right now in a way that I've never played before. I was literally running a Nightfall today on my Titan and I felt the difference. I was like, man, that Wormhusk build is so strong and so fun. It, do I want to play 9 second cooldown dodge Wormhusk Hunter for 3 years? No. I'd like to shake it up. Remember Shards of Galanor? Remember my Shards of Galanor build? That build has essentially been sunset through nerfs. I don't run a Shards of Galanor really fun way of a thousand cuts build anymore. I don't. I don't do it. It got it got the in, in effect it got sunset by the nerfs to shards of galanor right now in that respect i was bummed because it wasn't sunset it was nerfed so now it doesn't work at least in a sunset environment i could take a fun shards of galanor build into certain places and it would feel really strong right now shards is broken in sudden death in gambit and it's broken in blind well and mayhem that's about it so outside of that though it's been completely decimated and if it would have been sunset I could still go into environments and do that that's how you give us a more sense of RPG and and RPG build so the answer to your question is how do they give us a more RPG like feel that's exactly how they do it through armor armor build crafting mods and build diversity and the only way you keep a a perpetual sort of moving ever changing spice it up change it up you know, RPG sense is is honestly through sunsetting. I'm not going down the rabbit hole of sunsetting and debating with people that don't like it. I'm simply showing you one of the reasons why they have to do that. Currently, the course that we're on now, if they didn't divert from this course, your build diversity, your mod and build crafting and all of that in armor, it would just get stuck in the same rut that the weapons are stuck in right now. A bunch of side grades that are indistinguishable from each other and you lose interest. You just completely lose interest. Warmind cells, bah. It, it, it. Now, I would say they need to go one further. I would say they need to go one further. Another thing that has brought a really, really good RPG feel to the game is the champion mods, but they're not going far enough. Both champion mods and Warmind Cells, I think, highlight a need in the game to create contexts where those things can flourish. Champions are kind of there, but they're a little bit too restrictive. I think they need to open up the lid on champion mods, let you use them on any primary, so and maybe even let you equip two, so you can you know cycle between the two. Again, you can raise the intensity in Ori if I have a checkpoint that's right there. You can raise the saturation of champions in game in, in, in end game content to create more dynamic combat. If I can equip two mods, two champion mods on one gun, and I cycle them by holding reload, you're creating more depth to the combat instead of shoot, 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 super to survive, shoot, 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 bake the boss with heavy. Like that's basic combat in Destiny. You can add layers and dynamics to the combat with champions. Another layer of more dynamic, more diverse combat is with modifiers that promote mod experimentation. There should have been modifiers in Grandmaster Nightfall that encourage you to run Warmind Cell builds. So then every season, you don't have to create new strikes or new nightfalls. You throw in some modifiers. They promote the new seasonal mods. That promotes experimentation. And you're in an RPG environment where you're saying, in-game pain and problems that I can meet, overcome, and flourish in if I experiment with these new builds. 
presently the game doesn't do that so it's on you to discover it and if you don't mess around with it even if you do mess around with Warmind cell builds eventually the the real real kicker that makes it so fun is this one and that's going away the tyrant surge where all you gotta do is do some arc damage and then they and then you're creating warmind cells so in 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 my mind in my mind i would say those are the things we've only seen the tip of the iceberg for with rpg and again we'll talk about sunsetting i'm not supposed to talk about sunsetting but sunsetting is there to keep that train moving and I think sunsetting, I don't want sunsetting to be a punt. We don't want them to punt on balance or punt on in-game dynamics because, well, now my armor is sunset, so I have to try the new stuff. No, I think they should incentivize alongside of sunsetting. This always kind of slowly pushes forward. So that that's the way that's the way that I would continue to dive deeper into the small glimpses that we've got at where they can go with the RPG elements of this game that I think are currently lacking. I think Grandmaster Nightfalls are just, they're not, there's nothing special there. There's nothing special there. It's like, it's like looking at a painting and they used only red, only red. And it's like, man, I love the color red, but Gemini Christmas, there are other colors you can use. That's all Grandmasters are, just one brush stroke of pain. And it's like, you know, 12 negative modifiers in a Delta. Why not six negative modifiers and then six positive modifiers that promote Warmind cell builds or promote certain gun types or build types so that you then can experiment with efficiency from a build perspective as opposed to everything strong, hide or, or sneak past with, within this. Hide, tank, or sneak. Hide, tank, or sneak. That's it in hard content right now. You either hide, face tank, or sneak past it. There is, there's no like, oh, we really tried different builds. Look how much stronger we were. Look, we leaned into the modifiers. No, you hide, tank, or you seek, you sneak. That's it. The reason. Do you think Bungie is doing a mistake by doing D2 year four instead of taking a year break and releasing D3 in 2021? Well, you're creating, I think, a false dichotomy, and you're also assuming that if they took a year break, like Destiny 3 would be amazing. I think they looked, they looked at the at what happened with D2 vanilla, and they're like, there's no way. It'll it'll be another, it'll be another mediocre half-baked launch of a new game. It'll make a great expansion, but it can't be D3 can't can't be you know a new game if d3 has a new engine well it's the reason you haven't given them enough time you think taking a one-year break is enough to build a whole destiny in another engine and like building games building good games is 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 five years or more sometimes three to five you can give them a spectrum there but three is the low super low end so I, I don't even think this is an I don't even think this was an option. This is just a woulda, shoulda, coulda hypothetical that's never never going to happen, and and they're they're not doing it. So there's literally no reason to discuss this. Like these are those hypothetical. Do you think Bungie two years ago should have done this instead? It's like I, there's no reason to discuss that. They didn't do it, and I don't I don't honestly think it would have gone over well anyway. Like we don't want to have any droughts, and then they're like, yeah, we're gonna take a year off to build the next game. You know what I mean? Uh, is there actually a chili debate happening in, in chat about what chili is superior? What a, what a world. <laughs> I love that you guys are debating food that harshly. Well, not harshly. You guys seem like you're being respectful, but like you're very passionate about your chili. 
<laughs> oh, because we said soup and stew and you guys went down the chili route. Okay. With the pyramids here already, do you have any worries if this is being it and Bungie maybe selling the IP uh, like they did with Halo? Absolutely not. No. I left this out of my video because I don't want to repeat too much from my previous Destiny 3 videos, but it's so hard for me to believe they would go through the pain of buying out of the contract acquiring the IP for themselves very costly, very risky to be like, yeah, we're gonna live in Destiny 2 for forever I just, why go through all of that? like, just so you could have a a couple of good years out of the 10, you know what I mean? oh, we had three really good years at the end and that's really what we wanted to do I, I don't know and so I think they've gone through too much pain and risk to do what you're postulating here or you're you're theorizing like oh they're going to sell the IP. I don't I don't think so. Dark uh, dark skills. Do you think weapons with 3 perks instead of 2 could be a decent baseline for aspirational loot? We have to remember the minute you add a perk, the minute you add another perk, you have now increased the mathematical improbability of you getting the role that you want right so you got to be careful right now if there was a better version of the dire dropping in the raid that had another perk here next to swash i it's now it's now way harder for me to get the role that i want so how are you going to soften the increase in rng is rng at that point would have a lot more frustration potential how do you soften that blow now we've talked about this a lot recently there's two dials they can turn intentionality which is you target farming something having the ability to really set your sights on something that gives you you have that sense of intention and then there's the dial of generosity those two dials would have to really be tuned well if I'm suddenly going into a raid and there's even more perks on the guns. Now that's exciting because it makes the gun stand out a little bit more, maybe makes the gun even a little bit stronger than a garden variety legendary. But you got to be careful. Now, the reason I think they could do what you're saying is if you look at the, the recent raid loot in garden, they limited the number of possible perks in positions three and four so you got sites then you got mag positions three and four down here where overflow and swashbuckler are if this is a raid gun there's only four possible perks in each of those lanes as opposed to like six so if they added another perk they'd have to really be careful with how many were in that lane and then they'd also have to consider even if there's only like three or four on that extra lane of perks there's only three possible that can land on it you'd still you would still have to be very cognizant of like how long you know conceivably right how long could it take somebody to get the absolute best role that they're looking for sun settings looming on the horizon and if it takes them two to three months to finally get the right role because you've added more perks making it more unlikely to get the role that they want then you you have now you have now made it less likely for them to chase the absolute best role that leads to fatigue and a feeling of futility and that's just not good for a loot pursuit game you got to be you got to be very very careful with adding variables to potential gun rolls serial kira 
Do you think D3 will launch free to play or go back to full paid game? Well, it's still a full paid game because you have to pay for DLCs. So when folks see free to play and they think the future of the game is free to play, you're misunderstanding where we are right now. We're free to play, but it's still every expansion still costs money, which means a brand new launch would cost money. It's not a it's not a traditional free to play game. It's a free entry point with a with like a ton, like a ton of stuff. Like the amount of content is really really high for for, for what's free, but it's it's not a it's not a free to play game to the degree that you never pay for new content. It be Jesus. On the topic of deleting worlds to make room in the current game, do you think that they would really do it? Would it not ruin or change the way new players come into the game? Well, they did say they were going to work on polishing the new player acquisition to make it a lot clearer and to make it a lot more streamlined. There is a distinct possibility that they do that by removing significant portions of the game world as well as giving them a a, a lot more of a streamlined fast pass through the campaign you get into year 4, 5, and 6 do you really think a new light player what's the percentage of new light players that are going to go through literally every single step of story and campaign at that point in September of this year, the beginning of year 4, how many new light players would do that and how many would need to do that do you really think that that's super important or could they do like a previously on Lost, like here's your here's your summary video at the beginning of the game and then they drop you in the tower and you can start with the Forsaken campaign do you see what I'm saying? Bungie would have to weigh the percentages here. Is it worth leaving derelict dormant planets and campaign missions and all those cutscenes? Is it worth leaving those in there if when they run the numbers since New Light and they're like almost nobody's engaging with this content exhaustively, they might dip their toe and they skirt right around it. Bungie stop that. You can start any campaign and future campaigns right away. Right, 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 right. I'm arguing from this perspective. If you're if you're keeping Okay, imagine you run a gym and you've got really, really old equipment in this one corner. It's old, it takes up a ton of space, and over time you're adding lots of new equipment to the gym. And as you're doing that, every single time even new memberships come in, people that are less familiar with the, all of the equipment, they're less familiar with their gym more and more over time, less people are going and getting on that old equipment. Is it worth leaving it there for the one or two customers that come in and use the equipment, or could you demolish it, get rid of it, and put in a bunch of new equipment, better equipment, that would appeal to the rest of the people that come to your gym and let them space out more? Do you see what I'm saying? You're leaving all this stuff in the game, it's taking up tons of space, and if almost nobody is engaging with it, you get rid of it. Like, what the frick is the point of leaving four-year-old campaign, story missions, dialogue, the cutscenes, all those cutscenes with gall, like all of that. I just, that, and then all the audio files, all that stuff takes up space. And their story missions, like, they take us to locations that we don't even go to anymore, you know? I would, I would definitely say, the more I think about this, they may have a lot of internal data backing up that decision to just gut the vanilla game. 
I don't like the idea of getting rid of it, but I understand the logic behind it. If it allows to be a better destiny, I'm all for it. It really comes down to a mathematical thing. If if Bungie went to a certain planet and deleted two adventures, and people are like, oh my gosh, why'd you do that? And they were like, we ran the numbers, and literally one person out of eight million ran it in the last 30 days, or in the last six months. Well, but... Oh, but I, 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 I wanted to say, no, nobody's touching it. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody even care. If they have data and they have background intel to say, this stuff is literally not worth keeping in the game, I could genuinely see them start to delete planets and the, and the vanilla campaign. Like, just get it the frick out of here. So, and I know that sounds alarming, but the more you really think about it and you see how far we've come, internally, Bungie may be saying... This is a bunch of junky gym equipment taking up tons of room and literally nobody's engaging with it. A brand new New Light player comes in, uses the gym equipment for like a minute or two and they become acclimated to gym equipment and then they see all the better gym equipment and then they go over there. So like, yes, it's kind of a catalyst to the game, but then once they get through that catalyst through the game, they're like, I'm just going to go do all the new stuff. I don't want to do all this freaking old crap. And again, how many campaign missions are there at that point? They're going to slowly slog through vanilla year one, then year two, Forsaken, then Shadowkeep. Like eventually you're just, you're stacking up too many books they have to read before they can get into your book club. It's like, that's just too much. They package old content into a Destiny 2 archives game where they pull it from live, but they still offer it as a legal thing. I have no idea, Paris. I don't know. Since they've had the game free to play for so long, that may get around a lot of the legality. Oh, but I paid for it. You're right. You did pay for it four years ago. And since then, we have made the game free to play and you're not paying for it anymore. All that content's free now. I don't know. I don't know if when they made that free also keep in mind remember what they did they all of a sudden threw in year two stuff do you remember when they did that it was like year one is free and then all of a sudden they were like out of nowhere they're like oh no year two stuff's free too uh you have all the all the all the spaces I'm like why'd they do that maybe when they do that that gives them some sort of a legal loophole to do whatever the frick they want with that content after it's been free to play or free to access for a certain amount of time does that make sense I I don't know I don't know if anybody's going to get upset about this and throw a fit and be real critical I'm just like come on man like don't cut off your nose despite your face it just it isn't worth keeping outdated stuff in the game in it's fourth year if if less than like 1% of the community is ever engaging with it. Like it just isn't worth it. Um, Iron Dragon. Uh, think about this too. They've gone away from a longer campaign anyway. They even talked about shifting the story to smaller missions without major cutscenes. They already shows data that backs up what you're saying. Well, they also just, they have limited bandwidth. Nocturnal. I would say that's maybe a little bit more related to their limited bandwidth. They want to get as absolutely much content as they can out of their limited bandwidth for the $10 seasonal stuff. Uh, Iron Dragon. I gotta move on. We got a lot of questions. Why do you think Destiny 3 will be a thing? What do you think Bungie would add with it? Personally, I don't think that they can expand much with an entirely new game. I just recently, a few questions ago, explained why I really, really think D3 is still going to be a thing in light of all the pain they went through to get out of the contract with Activision. 
Do you feel Destiny has established its identity yet for a D3? Uh, every fall feels like a reset. I mean, this is a big, broad, generic yes or no question. Do I feel they've established their identity yet for a D3? Number one, I don't really know what you're driving at. And number two, I I definitely think games that have been out this long have a firm enough identity to do another game. Like, if that's, if it, if that's how I'm understanding your question. Uh, gangs. Now that we've, we're finally facing the darkness, uh, do you think D3 will have new enemies? Or will this fight with the darkness and Savathun get dragged out until D3? Generally, I don't really have theories about what we're going to fight and when we're going to fight it and and how they decide to do the enemy types. Um, that's just not something that I get down deep into. I mean, I, th- I periodically uh, will theorize about what I feel they may or may not do. Like, when the pyramid ships show up, we're going to repower the dreadnought and use the dreadnought to destroy the fleet because that's the only thing more powerful enough to do that because it wiped out uh it wiped out the queen's fleet but i don't get too i don't go too far down this rabbit hole of like what we'll face what enemy types we're going to face it's just that's just not something i commonly do um the dj zeus could there be a possibility where we could choose a side between light and dark? We get this question a lot. I don't think the game currently is built for allegiances like that. Um, it just doesn't seem built for it. Maybe in the next game. Maybe in the next game. Crusty. More of a personal experience question. Would you like to see an expansion of the universe? Maybe a prequel like the Borderlands. I don't have strong opinions on stuff like this. Do you think... Uh, D3 will finally have crossplay. If not, what will keep it from happening? If they do build a brand new game, a Destiny 3, and they, they do what a lot of folks are wanting, you know, dedicated servers, new engine, then crossplay would be 100% baked in. No question. It would be baked in. Which is one of the reasons why I think they're working with Microsoft, because that's a big selling point. That's a big thing that Microsoft wants to see uh, for their platform. They want to see really, really good games for play anywhere with anyone. Like, that's a really, really big driving selling point um, for a lot of their marketing. And I I would definitely say that if there is another Destiny, that would be high on their priority list to ensure that they're sort of in line with the new wave of, like, gamers and, like, the new wave of expectations is been very very informed and shaped by Fortnite and in 10 years those gamers are going to be of an age where they're going to say I don't understand why can't I play with my buddy I don't get it right Fortnite is basically giving them that expectation and that expectation is going to continue to grow as platforms embrace cross play cross save cloud gaming like play anywhere because you know the xCloud betas have been going very well so I would say more and more games that launch like Destiny, that's going to have to be like a ground level that's going to be a ground level expectation that, like that, because if it's not a ground level expectation, people are going to be like, what the frick what, I don't understand I, I've been playing all these other games with all my friends what's, what, what are you, what's the matter with your freaking game, you know what I mean <laughs> what's the matter with your game, why can't I do this thing that's basic that I just basically come to expect it happened with split screen. It happened with split screen gaming. Everybody thought split screen just give us split screen. What the frick? Do you remember when they had to let you know there was no split screen in Halo? People were like, "Are you actually kidding? What? No split screen?" 
because they push the graphics beyond what would be sustainable split screen one you know so it's like but that th- this is another expectation that's just becoming a I, I I have my stuff everywhere cross save cross play you know what I mean it, it's becoming it's becoming a standard industry standards uh, happen very fast a lot of the times and this one is happening faster than I think a lot of people expected and I think Fortnite is one of the reasons they put gas on that fire. Yeah, the new Call of Duty, 100% crossplay. One of the biggest franchises in the world after Fortnite, right? Call of Duty is a massive franchise, another another totally crossplay game. Another expectation being set that dude, if you're going to land on this in this gaming world as a, with a multiplayer game, you better have crossplay cross save or you're going to look archaic and outdated. You're going to look like a freaking dinosaur. Bamboo. Are they going to add a new super when the darkness arrives? I have no idea. Jarvanus. Uh, a lot of theories have focused around the narrative aspect. What systemic and technical changes would you like to see as part of a major release? I mean, the biggest and most important one would be new engine, dedicated servers, so they can do the larger worlds, larger, you know, sense and scope and the fights and stuff. But as I said earlier to T-Funk's question, you gotta be real careful with that or you're gonna lose the identity of the game. Imagine running around an area the size of ESO or WoW as a, as a guardian. You might start to feel sort of small and less consequential. Your presence would have a weakened potency and then some of that charm might go away. But I still think larger areas, even if they don't do massive areas, dedicated servers would still be a huge win for Crucible, uh, for just gen- general latency everywhere, for server-side changes and updates... So, Oog, with the next question, uh, reminds me of Doctor Who. Was it the Ood or I forget their name? Anyway, do the talk about Year Six and the recent twab about sunsetting confirm no D three for at least a couple of years? I mean that we've already addressed that in the talk. Year four, five, and six, it was Ood, right? O O D, yeah. A lot of people have come to the conclusion like you know four, five, and six means no D three. I look at it another way that Luke Smith said that to give us the window of how long D2 will last. He did not need to put that in the in the TWAB. Year 4, 5, and 6, as an example given after stating, we're going to do this every year. That'd be like saying, every year, we are going to give you a dollar bill on your birthday. Example given, 2020, 2021, 2022. I don't need to do that. Like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Every year, I'm going to give you a dollar bill on your birthday. Example given. What, what, why? Why are you giving me an example? You just said you're going to do it every year. I understand that next year is 2021 and 2022. So when they say, we're going to do this every year, example given, year four, year five, year six. That is, it's honestly a redundancy in the writing, which Luke Smith's pretty smart. (laughs) Redundancies don't just happen like that because like oh yeah I, I thought they'd need to know what I meant no I, I think it was very intentional and then the ETC is kind of like a wink almost like an ETC yeah yeah ETC <laughs> we're doing more than year six like I that's how I that's how I read it remorse 91 with the impending Dorito ships do you still think that we will see Sabathun in September or near the future Man, a lot of folks are wondering about this, and so am I. You know? What, what, 
Hate to get political, but who is Lono? I am Lono. Uh, Say no to rage is just the name of the channel. I I go by Lono. Um. The, yeah, what's going on with Savathun and the Dreadnought? They might have tucked that away. You know, it, this could be another one of those scenarios where like the moon came in and kind of kicked something down the road, right? I kicked the can down the road, and now Savathun and the Dreadnought got got uh, delayed. The pyramid ships could literally lead to a Dreadnought DLC in 2021. Right? It could. The pyramid ships could show up and we spend the next year doing battle with them and then maybe we do finally conclude we gotta get the Dreadnought powered up to wipe this fleet out. And then that leads to having to retake the Dreadnought. And when we go to retake it, we suddenly discover that Savathun has taken over and we're like, oh, frick. They could do that. You could spend a year, you know, doing battle with the pyramid ships, and if all our plans ultimately sort of fail, right? More importantly, why is Lono? That's right. I'll do you one better. Why is Gamora? <laughs> I'll do it. I'll fry him. I'll fry him. I can take it. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> That's some of the best sequence of writing and, and comedy. Oh my gosh. Um,. But yeah, I, I think Savathun and the Dreadnought could be kicked to uh, 2021. Here's the other real question. That timeline I just gave you could be sooner than we think. The summer could be the pyramid ships, and we conclude at the end of the summer that we need the Dreadnought, and then you get a Dreadnought Savathun in September. Right? The, the pyramid ships show up, and we're like, oh, what the actual frick? How are we going to defeat these things? And then somebody's going to be like, there's only one weapon that we know of that can wipe out an entire fleet. We've seen it happen before. We need to repower the Dreadnought. That leads to a September Dreadnought with Savathun. That timeline could happen a lot sooner. Listen, I'm not saying that's how we're going to handle the pyramid ships. I just really, really feel like eventually we end up on the Dreadnought for some reason. And that's a pretty good reason to me. So. uh, Largo. Do you think Savathun will be addressed? We just talked about that. Uh, Sharky646 with a $15 tip. Man, you don't have to do that. Hey, Lono, you've been one of my favorite content creators for a long time. Worked and online schooling is make me lurk more than chat, but I wanted to show you my support because you deserve it. Uh, as uh, Are we really calling them Dorito chips? <laughs> Get it? Dorito chips? Dorito chips? Anyway, thanks for the 15 spot. That's very generous. A couple of subs that I missed during Q&A. Romanian Czar with 11 months, almost a whole year. 13 months from Glurock. And then Sharky646, who just did the tip. Also a 16-month resub. Glad to be a supporter. I really, really appreciate that. So... I, I wanted to make a chip and salsa joke, and it just... I can't do it. I just want you guys to know as a dad and a connoisseur of dad jokes, I was attempting, while reading those tip messages, I was attempting to come up with a chips and salsa joke. So, I wanted to make a really good dad joke, and I, I failed. So, I, I do I do apologize to all the dads out there. I let you down. And, um, so, I'm, 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 I'm disappointed in myself. Uh, Hawkeye, with an F says what do you think about after the almighty scenario plays out we have to move to a new solar system <laughs> i don't know bro i don't know bro uh, that seems a bit uh, outlandish i don't see them doing that maybe in the next game hawk uh, hockey dan 
how do you think Bungie will tackle other unfinished storylines with Destiny's Apex Predator on its way? Well, like all good storytellers, they're okay with leaving things, you know, not tidied up. Not every good story ever written has like 18 endings the way that, you know, the end of the Lord of the Rings has. So you get to find out what happened to literally, you know, literally every single character. I love Lord of the Rings, by the way, but like the end of, you know, Return of the King, there's like four, four or five endings to that movie. <laughs> so you have zero doubts about what happened to like literally every character you've met along the way. Not every story has to have that type of an ending. So they don't necessarily need to tidy up every single thing. I mean, the stranger's just been gone and disappeared and we have no idea if she'll ever come back. A little hints of her are all over the place. I mean, she's Anna Bray's sister. She's Elsie Bray. Uh, Bray, you know, Bray Tech basically made her and she used similar phrasing to Osiris. But, you, but that's, you know, little little hints of her existence and that's about it. Uh, Stamp, Stampley? It seems like we will start going against the darkness soon. Uh, do you think that they will push the final fight out as long as possible? This is a question I, we've been getting a lot today, and it feels pretty presumptuous as if like this is the end fight for us. I think there could be other enemies, other enemy types, other battles, other other threats in the universe um, that we don't even know about. I mean, Savathun would be an example. That's that is a, that's a looming threat. The curse on the Dreaming City has not been you know resolved. There are there are things that could have far bigger and and worse enemies behind their their current cur- you know curtain and veil. Once you pull back the curtain and veil on some of these things, it could be way worse than pyramid ships. You, you understand? Storytelling does this all the time. The real threat wasn't the real threat. Like Gaul was just a power hungry puppet idiot he was an empty suit the emperor had no clothes like the real person to consider and really find more interesting was callous they do that kind of stuff all the time oh gall oh my goodness gall yeah, gall was nothing callous and the leviathan were far more interesting than gall uh e apollo gaming do you think our guardian will actually die? Like in Corridors and D3 will be focused on a new guardian that has to prove to be the new chosen one. If you really, really want to tick people off, sunsetting would feel like a windstorm and making our character die so we have a new guardian in D3 would feel like a tsunami of anger. Like people would be furious. Sunsetting it would be nothing compared to the internet rage and community frustration if they killed your guardian and made you start with like another one in the next game right now the only way people would be okay with this is if you died the way Zavala died in that what does it mean to be a guardian in that video Zavala kept dying so if they kill me and I have like a destiny one start where my same guardian gets resurrected then I think people would be okay with that because you could have a lot of time lapse. You could have a, a you could have a hundred years lapse before we come back to life. So, if they do that, it's still your guardian. You know what I'm saying? So that that would be the only way people would be okay with it. If you if you if you permanently kill my guardian and I start with a brand new one in the next game, people would freaking riot. 
but if you do a vanilla nostalgic callback to Eyes Up Guardian and it's your same Guardian that died in some battle, like Zavala, I think people would think that that is awesome. Because you'd wake up and be like, what the frick has happened? You've been asleep for a long time. And you're like, uh, how, how long? A thousand years. <laughs> a thousand generations have passed. Guardians are now hated and hunted. What? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That would be crazy. You'd be like, well, all right. <laughs> No one likes us anymore. <laughs> a whole campaign to like, you know, and then we really fight Savathun. Savathun's true victory of deception is tricking everybody into thinking that we're the enemy and we have to spend, you know, Destiny 3 dealing with that. A thousand bits from Fringe Wings. Keep up the awesome streams. Love hanging out here daily. Super excited for Destiny's future and all the discussions. Thank you very much for the thousand bits. And that could literally be the time traveling that the stranger does. She would time travel and bring ghosts into the future to get us resurrected because the ghost and the light and all that would get completely wiped out. That could be cool too. So she could be like our main point of contact in the third game. I don't know. Uh, Snickle Fritz. Do you think contest modifier in raid races will allow the use of all weapons? That remains to be seen, but contest modifier in a raid is likely going to enforce a delta which will sunset anything that is shadow keep and back. So year one and two and shadow keep. All's getting left except for last wish and garden weapons. So a ghost can't exist without the traveler's light. Yeah, wouldn't that be interesting? How how are you alive? The traveler's light's been snuffed out. How how do you even have a ghost right now? And she'd say, "I don't have time to explain." <laughs> and you'd be like, "That's a pretty big mystery. What do you mean you don't have time to explain?" <laughs> I'm writing Destiny Three, guys. I, this is this is this is me admitting it. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> anyway. McCheshire. Do you have any concerns with how soon the darkness is upon us? With Destiny 2 set, last number of years, and the third game yet to come, I assume the pyramids would be the crescendo to this story. Yeah, we've already dealt with a couple versions of this question. I, that, that, that doesn't mean they're the only thing, they're the only villain, they're the only threat to the universe. Savathun being a good example. If D3 is not confirmed to be on a new engine, whatever engine it is, will it be DOA? Um... Or would it be a better to confirm dedicated servers first? I, yeah, I, I don't know. This is one of those, this is like a woulda, shoulda, coulda. If they don't do this, like what's going to happen? Will it be DOA? Like I, 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 I don't know. I, I feel like this is a, a perfectly written question for questions that I can't really answer. When people are like, if they mess this up, is the community going to riot? Or is the game going to die? Or are people going to quit playing? Like, I have no idea. If they pull off a magic trick over the next three years to get a ton of life out of this game and engine, they may say we can do it again with Destiny 3 and they get away with another another round of Tiger and peer-to-peer I just feel like PvP it, we, we can't survive that that PvP can't survive that at all Super Phenomenal with 23 months, thank you almost two entire years 
Uh, Steven. How is Bungie going to avoid the old game having more content than the old game? What? Uh, based on previous events, D3 is going to only have one raid, less strikes, less activities, ETC. Well, listen. I mean, people have to be people have to be smarter than a rock, okay? If they launch a brand new Destiny in 2023, you you have to be smarter than a rock. Like, obviously, you can't look at a game they added to for five or six years and be like, I can't believe Destiny 3 has less content than six years of content. Like, if if you, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that you're stupid. I'm saying you're saying how do they avoid this criticism? I don't know. Expect people to not be literally brain dead. Like, that's so dumb. Are you, how could you possibly do that? How could you look at any game and be like, well, you added content to it for six years. Why doesn't the brand new game for only $60 have as much content as six years of expansions and seasons and DLCs? Like, to a certain extent, there are people that are so stupid, their opinion doesn't matter. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm gonna say it. There are people that are just too dumb to grapple with basic reasoning skills. Their opinion doesn't matter. I can't believe this. This game's not as big as a six-year expanded-upon game that costs hundreds of dollars. No, it's not. And you're literally so dumb that we don't really care what you think. Like, like, you're just too dumb to get it. It's like, you got the $60 vanilla release, you got Forsaken for 40 you got Shadowkeep for 35 and then how many more Septembers, right? I'm running out of fingers, right? I'm running out of fingers, Eventually, you just have to be like, "Listen, you, you, you can't, you can't shop here anymore." <laughs> you know, it's just people. People mute themselves. They really do. Like people get so bent on such like silly, silly, unrealistic expectations. It's just like I, you can't, you can't even make that argumentation. So if anybody, you're like, how do they avoid that criticism? I, they don't they don't ha- they don't have to avoid that criticism. It's a stupid it's a stupid bankrupt criticism. It's just it's just totally bankrupt. Listen, D2 vanilla. Okay, let's go back to D2 vanilla. D2 vanilla was insanely disappointing. If D2 vanilla would have launched with without double primary and random rolls, okay? It would have you wouldn't have been able to criticize and be like, "Well, there's not as much content as a 3-year version of D1." It only has one raid. I'm sorry, what? It only has this or that or blah, blah, blah. That would not have been a valid criticism. If I could go back in time and like flip a switch to maintain some of the base quality expectations we had, get rid of double primary, make sure random rolls is in there. D2 was was actually pretty sizable, but you couldn't like criticize and be like, I can't believe there's only one raid. That's just, again, some people are so dumb, their opinion doesn't matter. That's just a dumb opinion. Yes, opinions can be dumb. Like, that's not me being arrogant. That's just literally, that's not, right? That's that's not worth engaging with. It just isn't. So, I'm not saying you were saying that, by the way. I was careful to, to, to see. He's saying, how do they avoid that criticism? I don't think that criticism freaking matters. Uh, SS Dante do you think that they will ever have a spin-off game or comic talking about the golden age I no idea uh, Dan, Dan, Dan Domir um, do you think that there is any chance 
Uh, there's any chance you would like to see D1 characters return to D3? Well, I would love, I would love for the stranger to return. Yes. I loved it when Eris came back. Eris is my favorite character. Always has been. Um, I, she's great. She is, I think she's the best character the game has ever had as far as like a voiced character right up there with Oryx. I actually think she's better than, than Cade. Um, and I love Nathan Fillion. Like, I do. I think he's amazing, and I think Cade's amazing, but I actually think that Eris is the best. Um, so, but The Stranger, I think, brings an element of, like, ooh, what the frick was that? Who is that? What's she doing? She's been gone all this time. Uh, a lot of us have theorized that when she meets us in D1 and she, like, talks to somebody, she's like, cut the engines and blah, 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 and don't let them see you or whatever. A lot of us have said that's her talking to us in the future. Um, and she's in like a, she can like time travel. Uh, I don't know. I, I think, I think it'd be cool to bring her back in some way eventually. The Leho. Do you think Bungie should allocate more resources or bandwidth to cutscenes and voice acting to really make the upcoming story deliver? Or do you think other content may be a higher priority? I ordinarily these are the kind of questions I don't like because it's like super generic and it's like do you think they should or shouldn't do this or do you think they will um, but I, I, I'm going to let it stand for a couple of reasons I do think expansions come with different expectations than seasonal content seasonal content they've moved away from story focus and cutscenes so they can focus on you getting to play stuff if I'm spending $10 I don't want them spending a ton of time on cutscenes and voice acting why? Because that lasts for an afternoon. I'm trying to play for three months. I'm trying to get content that I can play as a hobby and enjoy for three months. Okay? So, in in that realm, for seasonal content, I'm kind of like, don't put a lot of focus on that. For an expansion, I do think there's a certain expectation. And I think it's reasonable to say, you need to put a certain amount of effort forward to have captivating story and dialogue to really set the next ethos for the year and I believe they did that with Shadowkeep whatever you want to say about seasonal format versus DLC format or Bungie sucks or blah 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 I feel like they did a very very good job setting up interesting story and dialogue and cutscenes for Shadowkeep and again I think Eris brings a lot of heavy weight and intrigue with her dialogue, her voice acting as well as she's just very mysterious so I feel like they did a very good job with Shadowkeep. And so I think even even for a $35 DLC, I think Shadowkeep was excellent. Rise of Iron had good stuff in it too, you know, with uh, with Saladin. Um, so I, I would continue to say that there is a bit of a difference there between the expansion and the seasonal content with respect to focus on those things. And I would continue to say I am totally okay with seasonal content being very story light. It can be story driven as in you start with like a story springboard and it kind of drives what's happening but it's story light like we're not having all these cutscenes and stuff uh darksider when d3 comes should they use either d1 or d2 classes or subclasses system or something entirely new i don't know i think it needs to be this extreme probably somewhere in between these two options that you've given me uh, will Destiny 3 be a standalone or an extension of D2? We don't know. Smash Boy. Destiny is going in the way of becoming a single evolving world, as Luke Smith says. Do you think that the title Destiny 3 is proper for this context? 
we've dealt with the D3 drop the number question a lot recently and I think that Destiny 3 has a lot of marketing power because there's no question it's a new game and not an expansion they name their expansions you know Forsaken, Shadowkeep, Taken King, Rise of Iron, and they change the little title screen on the game, and they change the little title screen on Twitch, you know, a little thumbnail. So if they didn't give it a number and just a name, I would worry about that having less marketing potency. As You know what I'm saying? Way less marketing potency. D3, Destiny 3, there's, there's no question what it is. A lot of us have said this. If there is a Destiny 3, they could drop the 3 with the first season or the first big expansion. Right? That Me versus Morrissey just put it in chat. They drop it as D3, then they drop the number on subsequent expansions. Exactly right. You launch with D3, so the marketing is clear. It's a brand new game. Once you get into the game, after that, you can just keep evolving and drop the number. You know? Wasn't Destiny 2 forced by Activision? Didn't they want to just keep going with Destiny? I don't know if that's ever been clearly leaked or seen I don't know if I've ever seen that said uh, Jeffrey with the possible Europa coming up and the effect uh, of the Deepstone Crypt do you think it's possible to have one mind copied to multiple exos and this is not a question that I have any sense of answering you're basing it off of leaks anyway that I think have been somewhat debunked do you believe turning pinnacles into exotics might alleviate some of the problems presented to them by them being legendaries well, not really anymore. A lot of the pinnacles have been nerfed, so... And I don't think they need to do that, no. Marine. With assuming that Paul is right, that Bungie introduces... Uh, can Bungie introduce a new engine into D2 uh, when next-gen hits marketing and the majority saturation, or will we just have to wait until D3? We dealt with this question, at least in the video. I'll, I'll give you a brief answer, because I don't know if we touched on this in Q&A. I think porting D2 to a new engine is so much work if they were going to do that you would just build a new game instead and and let this one drift home you know what i'm saying like the amount of work it takes to bring all these assets over to a new engine just seems almost insurmountable and by the time you're done with that wouldn't you say man why wouldn't we just like imagine a really 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 old house that's big it's massive and you look at completely remodeling it from the basement to the to the ceilings, from the studs to the to the studs, everything. Some people would look at that and be like, "It's going to cost you more than just building a, a brand new home of the exact same size, and then it would all be more modern. Everything would be modern: insulation, framing, electrical work, internet wiring. All of that would be would it would be easier to do that. So that you have to picture that in your mind." From the basement, every nook and cranny of the basement, every floor of the house has to be completely remodeled. The windows, the glass, all of it, the light switches. Bringing Destiny 2 over into a new engine is just, it's just a port over. (laughs) That's just build forehead meme. It's not just a port over. No, that's not how it works. There isn't some engine porting to where you just like click a couple buttons. They have to rebuild the whole game. You're basically building a new game when you do that. Like, I'm not a developer, but every article I've written about this, man, you don't, it, 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 there's no copy paste button. I'm telling you, I just, I feel that the, the undertaking 
of putting this game in a new engine uh, that's the, of all the theories we've come up with I feel like that is the most unlikely because someone would say you're going to go to all the trouble to do that why would you not just build Destiny 3 in a new engine and then let this game coast like just keep adding seasonal content it's thin, people get angry at Skeleton Crew but the next game will be absolutely massive and better because you're taking all that time and building look at all the work it would take Like, think about it like this you're going to take all this time to port Destiny 2 to a new engine and how much of that content is derelict and untouched you got old adventures, old strikes, old story missions the planets, the every nook and cranny of the planets that never get seen or touched and you're rebuilding all of that a new engine I don't I don't know of all the theories we've come up with I think that's like the least likely I'm not saying it's not happening we theorize that maybe Microsoft is the one doing it I don't know it just seems so big and expensive with the pyramid ships coming sometime soon in the story is it possible that we are uh, reliving the collapse and Savathun has been tricking us and we have to find a way to break that these are the questions I just kind of skip because I just I have no idea how to answer you it, it just seems like you're wanting to flex lore knowledge a little bit <laughs> what lesson in your opinion uh, Bungie should learn from D1 and D2 to make D3 better this is too big of a question for me to answer right now I mean there's there's I don't I don't have time to enumerate everything uh, do you think that the stranger, Elsie Bray, uh, of all people, could actually be a central character in the Pyramid Ship story? No, I don't think so. I don't. I, I think she has more tie-in with Osiris and time travel. Defo. Do you think that Siva is on the horizon uh, due to the reason of lore mentions? S- Siva is in is somewhere around the area of of like happening something's going on with it like we're learning about it we're learning more about stuff that like Rasputin did with it so it is possible we see a return of Siva at some point I I even said it would be pretty cool in September if one of the ways they really kick up the uh, the weapons and the weapon pool and our abilities like war mine cells could have been an experiment for this is Rasputin starts arming us with SIVA guns and SIVA abilities and SIVA augments for our 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 grenades and our attunements and then you could use those SIVA weapons and SIVA abilities against these new enemies you know all, you augment your grenade and so it's red and it acts different and like attaches to them and like all these SIVA spaghetti things come out and like you know, rip them apart. Because we already have the Siva Mites animation on the outbreak. So, um, I, I think I think that would be, that could be cool. Is that we, Rasputin starts arming us with Siva, uh, like the Siva spaghetti, yeah. And it would be augment. So it wouldn't be a new subclass, it'd be augment. So you'd go in and like change your melee or your grenade or even your super to like look different and behave different. So it like wouldn't be a SIVA subclass, it'd be augmentation. So your weapons would be SIVA augmented and do different things. And that's where a lot of the new perks could come from. And a lot of those new perks wouldn't be a threat to Crucible at all because they would be insane and powerful and best in class and cool and unique, but it wouldn't be a threat to Crucible because it would be very PVE oriented. 
uh, Torchy. Would you prefer a new character class with the existing elements or a new element with the top, middle, bottom trees? I don't have preferences on this. I really don't. Uh, Hot Cup of Nasty. When D3 does finally drop, do you think enough new light players will come back out of curiosity? Or if things like Trials this season and others hurt the franchise too badly? I mean, here's one of the things. I know people are like, oh, the numbers, the, 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 the player base numbers are so padded by new light. I want to say that's probably true to a certain degree. And, and this is what I mean. I think a lot of the things that are frustrating existing players and making them take breaks, I don't think New Light players ever sense any of that crap. They're not like, ooh, Trials sucks. New Light players are probably not going into Trials that often. And if they are, they have no idea. You know, the frustration levels they may have with it aren't as, aren't as deeply rooted as ours. Like, we waited a long time and it's just a freaking garbage fire. Um, the... Uh, you know the the th- how thin and how sort of vacant this season feels they're less attuned to that right they're less attuned to that so i don't think we've maintained healthy player base numbers solely because of new light players but i do think new pl- new light players are like this is fun i like this game like i'm doing looties and shooties they're not noticing that like the public tower event blows chunks and it's just a repeat of mistakes from Escalation Protocol, Blindwell, Archon's Forge, Court of Oryx, you know, anything that was public space, no matchmaking that we've hated. They don't know that. You know? They don't know that. I also think, and we talked about this yesterday, I really think that the artifact and the season pass is paying Bungie big in consistent player base engagement. Because that giant groundswell of casuals we know exists, they slowly chisel away at this season pass and it's satisfying to them. Ornaments, exotic ornaments, exotic emotes, you know, they just play, they see that number going up, getting that new stuff. And right around now is when you see the numbers take their biggest hit because more and more people are hitting 100 and they're taking a break. They're, they're They're kind of waiting for the next season. It's not satisfying though, not to you. I, I wasn't talking about adapt underscore one player. I said these the, the groundswell of casual players. They like that sort of thing. They really do. the The battle pass, the battle pass effect of time in time. You know, and and, and there's a little bit of pressure there. You got to keep playing. You got to keep grinding. That thing that 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 thing is going to go away. You're not going to be able to get that ornament or that emote. You know, that that seasonal. That seasonal pressure to keep on grinding and keep on playing. I'm telling you, I think that they made a really smart choice. They made a really smart choice with this season pass thing. I, I really do. I, 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 I think it's really helping player base numbers. It's very, very easy value transmission. It's very easy value transmission. $10 for some people, this is all they need for the $10 and they're happy. They're happy. A new armor set, couple new guns, some pretty little ornaments and emotes and a ship or something. Gives them a reason to log in, you know, do the pew-pews. And they're good, man. They're totally good for that 10 spot. <laughs> that's, that's satisfying to them. And you're like, the frick? That's not satisfying to me. Well, you know, I, I, I'm right there with you, friend. Me either. I need way more than this. I do. I need way more than this, but this is a big, big value transmission to casuals for 10 bucks. 
Uh, I don't know when the, the I don't know when the Ariana's Val stuff will get a retreatment, Lucifer. It's a good question. Dante Masaru with the brand new Prime sub. Enjoy the dope badge, emotes, and ad free viewing. The homie Smack. So many months with thirty nine month resub. Welcome back, Smack. You the homie. Um, Parasito. Wow, Paris. So late in the Q and A. Ooh, I'm a little excited to read this. Uh, if the new engine is in development, people will already be working on it hopefully at a higher efficiency could this provide giant batches of content on a more regular basis and would the naysayers be kept at bay well this is exactly why we want a new engine this is exactly why we want dedicated servers so people will there you'd have to be insane to get into an environment with like deadies and a better engine and like big chunks of content are landing no one could be like oh it was so much better in destiny 2 like no one could look back and say that this is precisely the reason why we want Deddies in a new engine. So they can just absolutely just deliver better updates, better agility, background changes, you know? None of that stuff that you can do. Can't do any of that right now. A brand new tier, t- tier 2 sub for In the Name of Harmon. Thank you so much for that brand new sub. Enjoy the, I think it's Lono Cheer is the extra emote you get. Doge coming in with the three gifted subs. Thank you for doing that. Next question from Despicable. If Microsoft is working with Bungie with a port to a new engine, would that then lead you to believe that a Destiny 3 is further than we think? Wouldn't the new engine allow them to stay in D2 and grow? There's a handful of possibilities here, Despicable. The new, let's just assume for the sake of the thought experiment that Microsoft is helping them port Destiny 2. Yeah, that sub count's ridiculous. Holy frick. I, I don't look at I try not to look at it. Okay, so if Microsoft is helping them port D2 to a new engine, let's assume that's true. There's a lot of possibilities. They could literally stay in Destiny 2 for forever at that point. That that could that could be it. Like Destiny 2 could literally drop the 2 in September, new engine, and we spend five more years. I mean, we go all the way to 2025 and beyond in a brand new engine and it's there is never a Destiny 3. That's a possibility. Maybe that's why they decided to do an engine port if they do an engine port. They could do an engine port that enables them. Here's another possibility. Thank you for gifting five subs, Rosito. Uh, I, I can't read the names, but I appreciate the gifted subs. They, there's, here's another possibility. The new engine port could buy them three to four more years while while they build the real destiny they've always wanted to build i this is one of the reasons i continue to think there's got to be a destiny 3 out there on the horizon they really and truly want to build this giant true this is the destiny that we're proud of destiny and that would be maybe one of the reasons they port to a new engine to get three or four more years out of this game to give them that window of development time I think those are sort of your two possibilities. Also, the engine port could literally be the only way they get three or four more years out of this game, and then they're done. Then they're done. Marion gifting a sub uh, to Wolf. Thank you for doing that. So I think those are kind of your three possibilities. They do an engine port, drop the number, and just stay in Destiny for five, six years plus. They do the engine port. It buys them three or four more years to build the true next game. Or the engine port was literally the only way they could get three more years out of this game. And then it's done. We're done at, you know, 2023, 2022. We're done. 
I think those are your, those are, again, we're entertaining the idea. If there is an engine port in September, I think those are your three possible outcomes. I continue to think the engine port is of the possible theories we've come up with the most unlikely. Golden. I'm not saying it's not happening. I'm just saying I think it's the least likely. Golden. With Epic being so generous with the Unreal Engine, and if I'm not mistaken, a few Bungie employees were learning Unreal. Most of those actual employees have moved on, so that kind of hurts this theory that I think you're going toward. Um, Do you think it makes more sense from Bungie to use the Unreal Engine to partner with Epic? Um, Well, he's deleted tweets before, actually. Uh... I actually think people have talked about how Unreal isn't the best engine for this game type. I forget where we, we, we read that. It was something about these types of games and shooters and stuff. Um, uh, uh, hang on. Having... Uh, uh, maybe playing part sorry just trying to respond to something right now so i i feel like we had somebody come in and say like unreal doesn't really work for something like this uh it's not really built for this kind of feel in this game um it works well with borderlands 3 got me some glasses only three days to wait nice thank you blues actual for ordering some of the glasses uh unreal seems to be so flexible too i think okay so if i'm bungie let me just i'm just imagining i'm bungie and I look at the Unreal Engine, and I look at the Slipspace Engine that the new Halo is being built in, I am probably more likely to go with the Halo Engine to find a closer mimic to the feel and the physics and the movement and the crisp, the crispness of the Destiny feel. Yeah, Milky, as far as learning Unreal, a handful of those guys are gone. The guys that were learning Unreal, at least, at least three of them left of the ones that were studying it. I know Hamrick was one of them, Wisniewski was another one, and I forget the third. There's at least two that were openly studying Unreal that are gone. <laughs> that could have been part of their planned exit. They're like, no, I'm getting the frick out of here. You know, I don't like where they're going with the game, or I've, I've, run, I've, run, my, I've run my race, I'm ready to move on to other pastures, and that's why they started learning Unreal. Um, Rain the Dark. With the supposed leak of Dark Omens, what makes this leak more truthful compared to previous leaks? And if the Pyramid Ships are such a significant antagonist, why not save them for D3? I believe, I believe that D3, what they had planned for D3, is what we're getting in September to make year four a really beefy year. And I think if there is a D3, it'll be a whole other story arc. Maybe something, maybe they'll just save Savathun for then, I don't know. Like, if you think about the most sort of iconic time in Destiny, it's Taken King. And the most iconic threat in Destiny is Oryx. So they could save Savathun and, like, an era of the Taken Queen, an era of that sort of, um, that, that, those are the things that I think are gonna, are gonna potentially could lead to the to the the storyline beyond the pyramid ships again we've touched on this enough to say very quickly i don't think the pyramid ships are necessarily like the end of our story and they've been teasing oryx's resurrection exactly like i i feel like d3 could be this 
this Oryx Savathun era that is more iconically Destiny than the Pyramid Ships. The Pyramid Ships are important to us, but they're not iconic Destiny threats. The way that Oryx and like Hive, I don't know. If you think about the most iconic enemy in Destiny, it's Hive, it's Oryx. It's not the Cabal, it's not the Fallen, it's not even the Vex. It's the Hive. 100% Hive and Oryx are the iconic alien race destiny enemy and that could be your setup for d3 doritos are like white walkers in game of thrones change my mind yeah yeah but i don't know oryx is uh yeah why was there no oryx nightmare huh uh headstrong is microsoft uh, if microsoft is working with bungie on moving to the new engine does this mean that we would get dedicated servers but hopefully i mean that would help with everything you're talking about cheating and updates and patches and cheat detection do you think bungie is waiting until d3 to bring back characters for future plot points no, this is another just broad yes or no uh jr alston if this happened all around the same time they broke from activision would it be reasonable to assume that Shadowkeep was also originally part of destiny 3 um no I don't think so I don't know if it would have been ready that quickly I'm gonna say no hot cup of nasty do you believe Bungie will do drastic things in D3 as they attempted in D2 such as double primary and major changes this is just a broad yes or no theory question so I'm just gonna have to start skipping those because I have no idea what they would do do you think that Bungie will have big expansion for D2 that will change the game into D3 and will add new stuff? Very generic question. I have to start skipping some of these guys. I'm very sorry, but they're just too broad and generic to spend time on. We got a lot left. Do you think that improvements or buffs to the weakest weapon archetypes, such as 180 scout rifles and many of the SMG archetypes, need to happen before sunsetting comes into play? Sunsetting, and we had a debate about this the other day. Sunsetting and bad archetypes are not, are not in conflict with each other. Right now, there's no sunsetting and you don't use rockets because they suck sunsetting coming to the game doesn't suddenly make sucky rocket launchers more sucky okay so (laughs) these things don't have to come at the same time I don't give a rip about sunsetting with respect to bad archetypes I want archetypes to be improved because having an entire weapon classification that sucks and nobody uses is stupid like why are rockets just sitting on the dadgum sidelines like that has to stop you know that has to stop. Archetypal weaknesses are not made worse by sunsetting. They're not. Archetypal weak- weaknesses suck no matter what era of the game we're in. Presently, we're in the side grade era, and then when we're in the sunsetting era, th- in either of those eras, rockets suck if they suck. They don't suck more because of sunsetting. Does that make sense? A bad archetype is a bad archetype. It's it, right now. If you get a, if you want to use rocket launchers. There's not some amazing rocket launcher you can fall back on from year one, and then all of a sudden sunsetting ruins that ability. No one's using rockets because they're trash. There's not a year one or year two rocket launcher you can fall back on because there's no sunsetting. You don't use rockets as a whole because they're bad. So the solution is to just like, we need better rockets. Curtain call? No one is running Curtain Call in content where they're going for high diffs. They're not. They're, that, the Curtain Call is not some fallback god-tier rocket launcher. I think you missed your Kappa, Smack. 
So, and I think that's where people misunderstand. They have this idea in their head like, well, what if Bungie adds a really bad weapon and then I can't fall back on a, on a better version? Okay, if they drop a bad rocket, there's not some there's not some amazing rocket that you can't fall back on anymore. Rockets are just bad. <laughs> There isn't a context where they drop a weapon in the game and it's so god-awful that you're like, if only I could get out my dire promise. No, if the archetype that the dire promise falls into is good, any other gun that drops in that archetype is just as good as long as you get a reasonable roll on it. You don't even need a god roll. You don't even need a god roll. Right now, if you get a dire, the dire's good because the archetype is good. You see what I'm saying? They can't drop a legendary 150 in the game right now and it's just absolute utter trash, but all the rest are still fine. That's like not a thing that's ever happened. A bad archetype is the whole archetype is bad. They would have to intentionally drop a weapon in the game. Here's a new 150 and the rolls are so unbelievably trash, you'll never want to use this weapon. It's, it's not possible. The generic weapon rolls on any weapon, if the archetype is good, the gun is worth using. Yes, they can. You, you right now can't give me an example, Paw Patrols. There's no example you can give me of a good archetype. The, the gun in the game is a good archetype, and they drop the weapon, and the potential rolls are so unbelievably bad that no one wants the weapon. That's not a thing. There's a Forsaken 150 that's trash. Which one? There's a Forsaken 150 hand cannon that you think is trash. Jack Queen King? No. Jack Queen King is a great gun. What are you talking about? Plenty of people use this gun. <laughs> you, you, you think the Jack Queen King is trash? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? It's a great gun. You're insane that you're, this has good rolls. This is a good gun. This can be, this can be end game viable. You're nuts. I'm telling you, if the archetype is good, the gun is good. They'd have to tank. They'd have to absolutely tank the tank the the perks to make it bad. Somebody gifted a sub to Zoe and Mr. Aries. Thank you for doing that. Thank you, Zach, for gifting those subs. And then Smiggins McBuns with 14 months. Thank you. No one uses Jack Queen King, Waking Vigil Far Out classes it in PvP. Yeah, but Wheezy, that's a pretty specific environment. Jack Queen King is still worth chasing and using in certain circumstances, and I know people that use Jack Queen King in Crucible. I don't know. It, it sounds like a subjective thing. People use the Jack Queen King. The point that I'm making is that would come down to preference. If they drop a 150 in the game in the future and you don't like it, that doesn't mean it's trash. So you're like, oh, sunsetting, doggone it, I don't want to use this new 150. The 150 would not be garbage unless they intentionally, absolutely tanked it and gave it all bad perks. Yeah, I can only run double hip fire grip. What? You see what I'm saying? Like, I, I just. People create phantom fears, man. Like, they create phantom fears. If the archetype is bad, all archetypes are bad. He's thinking 10 paces? Oh, the 10 paces? Hand cannon? I thought I saw people that liked 10 paces. It's a 140. It's not a 150. 10 paces is a 140. 140s are in a bad spot, so I... (laughs) 
like I said, if the archetype is bad, it doesn't matter what they put on it. It doesn't matter. Right now, the, the thin line is... Oh, and the thin line's the other version. It looks like it. It's shaped like it, but it's a 110. It, I don't want to belabor the point. I don't want to go down the sunsetting debate anymore than we just did. McQuell, uh, would year six just be a reprisal year, leaving just two years left in D2 cycle? If my prediction is true, then year six would be the live service reprisal Age of Triumph-like coast year where we would get a lot less content. Yes. TJ Murray. If Destiny 3 is made on a different engine, I'd be concerned with things in the engine not feeling right like how drastic gameplay change we saw from BL2 to BL3 and Destiny would lose its feel. Do you think this is a concern? This is not a question. This is you voicing your opinion and saying, is this a concern? You just told me it's a concern. <laughs> yes, it's a concern. Of course it's a concern. You go from you go from one engine to another. It might not feel the same. Yes. Relax, guys. Sorry, I can't pull a D2 weapon wiki out of my... No, 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 no. Paw Patrols, if you're going to say they have done it and it is possible and you don't have an example, I think you're... Uh, I think that that, that, that criticism is kind of weak then. You don't even have an example. It hasn't happened. So why why are you... You see what I'm saying? People do this all the time. Oh, but they could... They could, Lono. They 100% could. Oh, yeah? What's an example of when they've done it? Well, I can't think of one now... But they definitely could create a, a 150 hand cannon that is so unbelievably bad that I wish I could go back to an old one. No, if the archetype is good, if the archetype is good, pretty much any gun that drops in that archetype is usable and fine. Maybe not your preference, but still. That's not me, says Weezy. I took it everything from a PvP standpoint, first and foremost. Right, no, no, I get what you're saying, Wheezy, but even you have to admit the Jack Queen King isn't quote-unquote trash or so terrible that you're like, oh my gosh, I wish we could go back to, to, another, to another weapon. If the archetype is good, the weapons in that archetype are usable. They're viable. They're not garbage. Right now, garbage weapons, it's a garbage archetype. Scouts, rockets... They're, they're, they are trash. You got to use the right classification here. There's trash. There's decent. There's good. There's viable. There's God roll. All the way down here, trash. You got to reserve that for something that's actually trash, which is a, an archetype that no one uses. It's just not worth using at all in any content, like rockets. Linear fusions actually have some pretty good rolls. There's just not a lot of them. Um, Largo. Are there any main characters you want to see? We already answered that question. Punisher. What's your view on the work happening now with D2 such as UI changes to match PC sunsetting and preparation work prior to a new engine release that delivers a singer evolving world? It's not a question, it's just you rambling. Do you think that the longer D2 goes, the less likely Bungie will hard reset us in D3? I, yeah, I don't know. We came up with a pretty good theory that we would die and get resurrected in D3, so therefore everything's gone. You know, it's a thousand years later. So, I have a gun. Luna's in the Not Forgotten. Terrible example. That gun got nerfed. Thank you for being in support of sunsetting, though, because it would have been better to sunset Luna's in the Not Forgotten instead of nerfing it. Nerfing it actually was a greater disrespect of the weapon. Arcanus. One of the biggest criticisms of D2 was the oversimplification of skill trees. Do you think Bungie would give those a rework? No, I don't think so. I can't... They're not setting their sights on... 
they're not setting their sights on uh, on skill trees. No, they're setting their sights on customization and loot and armor and guns. I just don't see them doing that. Now, I could see them going in and doing some enhancing and some updating, but not not anything drastic. No, like not like a rework or a reset or something. Imperial decree. That's an example. What's the imperial decree? Is that a hand cannon? I don't know if I've ever even used that. Is that an iron banner weapon? It's a shotgun. Hang on a minute. (coughs) Excuse me. Sorry about that. Imperial decree. A 55 aggressive frame shotgun. Okay. So you're saying that this 55 aggressive is so trash that you would use another 55 aggressive. Where are you using 55 aggressives? Are you using those in PvP? Is that where you is that where you find yourself using a 55 aggressive? So like the Balagent or the Deadpan Delivery? So you think the Imperial Decree is trash. So trash that you wish you could have used an older one. Oh, is the Mindbenders a 55 aggressive? Uh... Mindbenders is a 55 aggressive. Okay. It's not trash. It's not trash at all. See what's happening? You see what's happening? Everyone in chat is saying that the 55 aggressive Imperial Decree is not trash. Don't you see? If the 55 aggressive archetype is good, then this weapon is fine as long as you get even like a decent roll on it. He must be trolling. Yeah, like, this is a fine weapon. I've seen people use this weapon in in trials. (laughs) You are making my point for me. You finally dreamed up a weapon, and you're basically just uttering your opinion. The 55 aggressive frame is in fine shape. In PvP, it's trash. Okay. Okay. I'm moving on. (laughs) It's not good in PvP. Okay. There's a ton of people in chat saying that it's totally fine. It can't roll quick draw. Okay. Again, that's your opinion though. In PvP, it's pretty dog because it doesn't have quick draw. Astro Horizon is the only usable kinetic shoddy in PvP. Really, really stretching here though. This still feels like more opinion than anything. And again, again, it's not trash. It's just less viable or less... Um, top tier or less best in class because it can't roll like quick draw or something <laughs> it just feels like a preference again the 55 aggressive archetype is in a good is in a good place and therefore imperial decree is an acceptable viable weapon is it the absolute best no and that's not what I said Grenader Jake mained imperial decree last fall right like see what I'm saying like I <laughs> no quick draw equals trash that is your opinion remember trash is archetypes that are so weak that no one uses them like rocket launchers or scout rifles right if you're going to go into the highest level of crucible and say well it doesn't have quick draw and it's therefore trash again your perspective and subjective opinion on the matter does not mean that it's trash the archetype is in a good enough good enough lane that even a generic roll on it will get the job done without quick draw it's objectively worse 
it's objectively worse in the subjective environment in the contextual environment of, of pvp against another quick draw shotgun so it's only objectively worse and your very subjective and contextual scenario that you're setting up you're you got, you're proving my point it's it's a usable viable weapon less viable less efficient less best in class because of the lack of quick draw <laughs> you're not even landing on the lane of what i was talking about i was talking about if a bad rocket launcher drops in the game you're not going to suddenly retreat to another rocket launcher because rocket launchers across the board are trash if this weapon drops in the game and you can't fall back on a 55 aggressive that had quick draw and you go into end game trials and you're mad about that there would still be this would still be a viable weapon in the crucible it just wouldn't have a perk that you like and then again when you'd go into trials guess what it, nobody else would be using it anyway you wouldn't be facing other quick draw 55 aggressives why because if Bungie did that, if Bungie for some reason set up a scenario where the only 55 aggressive frame shotgun that you could use, right, th- th- then nobody else would have it as well. You see what I'm saying? Even in your example, you'd go up in the trials and nobody would have a quick draw 55 aggressive frame because it got sunset. So again, you're creating this phantom fear where like, they're going to put a gun in the game. It's going to be so trash. You're going to be like, this gun is literally so freaking bad. I don't even want to use it. I wish I could go back to my Mindbenders 55 aggressive and I can't because it got sunset. Now, this is where Drewski's concern about different metas emerges, right? Sure. Sixes, you might run into a bunch of mindbenders, but you won't in trials because trials that got sunset. So now you're having to try to practice with your imperial decree because it's not sunset down in sixes, but you don't want to practice in sixes because everybody's running mindbenders and you're losing those fights because it doesn't have quick draw, right? That's the point I'm trying to make is like that to me is a more legitimate concern than this phantom fear of like, they're going to add a gun that's so dadgum bad, I don't even want to freaking use it. Again, this is only an endgame. You got to remember, this is only an endgame. So you would go in the trials, and when you go in the trials, nobody would have a quick draw aggressive, ag- aggressive 55. This is why I don't like going down the path of sunsetting, because people get so zoomed in, they, they, they do not, right? They do not understand the big picture, and they make complaints that aren't valid. That's not a valid complaint. That's not something that's going to happen. Imperial's getting sunset. No, no, no. I was using it as an example. And as an example, if you land in a season and basically another, like a, a 55 aggressive without quick draw is the only end game viable shoddy, you'd go in the trials and it'd be a level playing field. Everybody would be using that 55 aggressive and try to get the best roll on it. Yes, when you go down in the sixes you go down to sixes and it's like oh there's people still down here using mind benders and my my new 55 aggressive can't compete and therefore two metas emerge that's something that drewski is concerned about you'd have a a, no, a non quick draw 55 rpm aggressive frame shotgun meta in trials and then you'd have all the old aggressives still hanging out in sixes 
the, the, the two metas starts to emerge. And Drewski and Cammy would say, that's not preferable, because if I'm trying to do weapon mastery, I'm trying to get really, really good with this new weapon in Trials, I can't go into Sixes and do it because it's not meta. It gets shoved out, and now I can't master it. I have to constantly switch weapons. Lumi touched on this. Lumi doesn't like watch running Rangefinder on his Dire Promise because it creates a different ADS zoom from his Thorn. He switches between Thorn and Dire, and he wants them to mimic... He wants them to mimic the ADS zoom so it doesn't throw off his muscle memory. That is called weapon mastery. He is attempting to make sure his target acquisition and aim is locked in and solid so he intentionally doesn't run rangefinder on a dire precisely for that reason. That's exactly what these guys are getting at. You're creating still though, you're creating a fear that isn't as nuanced as everything I just outlined with Drewski. You're just like, oh, they're going to add a brand new weapon. It's going to suck so bad and I'm not going to be able to go use the other weapon. It's going to be quote-unquote trash. Your definition of trash is so subjective and contextual. Trash weapons right now are rockets. They're so bad, literally no one uses them. They're measurably bad, not subjectively bad. Measurably bad at what they're supposed to do, which is damage. They do way less damage than than anything else you could run. Scouts, super inefficient at killing ads. They're just not good at it. They're way slower, measurably bad. That's what I was talking about. You're like, oh, the Imperial Decree is trash because it can't run quick draw. That's not how I was defining trash. Okay, I got to move on. This is exactly why I didn't want to get penned down into this because we have to do so much like hacking through the weeds to even talk about sunsetting. All right, next question. Uh, sorry for a second question. How dare you, sir? Uh, but is the next Halo going to be Destiny-like? What's the point of pushing those games together? Well, this is a big speculation. This is a big speculation. We have no idea if the next Halo is going to be Destiny-like. We have no idea if it's going to be open world, loot-based. We have no idea. RPG, none of that. I, I, I There's... There's literally no... We, we know nothing. We, we know nothing about the next Halo. I've not, heard, I've not heard that or seen that. I've seen minor speculation, myself included in the speculation, that the next Halo will be open world. But that's it. I, I've not seen anybody say it's going to be Destiny-like. Um, my theory is based off of interactions where Microsoft seems to have a, a, a growing romance and relationship with Bungie, and they, in my mind, have a vested interest to have another great flagship title for play anywhere, you know, play with anyone, cross-play, cross-save, and I think Halo's a good fit for that. Uh, Hezen. Given the D3 will launch in the next-gen consoles, only is this giving us significantly more space than D2 has. Could you see them letting us carry over our gear from D2? It's just too far out and too speculative to answer. Um, Humongousaur. Uh, It's a long way off, but how long do you see Destiny 3 lasting once it reaches its ultimate slate? I mean, if they make Destiny 3 and they make it right, it could could on its own last for 10 years easy. It could be a long-standing MMO if they build it right. Dabata. Um, do you think that the darkness subclasses is a possibility this fall? I do not. If not, do you think it's a likely thing for D3 or not happening at all? I think the darkness subclasses are constantly speculated, and when it finally happens, people are going to be like, I told you so. I have no idea when they're going to land, if at all. I really don't. Br- uh, Brudders. 
I expect Destiny to become subscription-based in the future like, wow, no. What are your thoughts on this? Absolutely not. No. Too many console players. They have their largest player base is on the PlayStation, and I think console players would be so averse and reject uh, a subscription fee. They've kind of baked in a subscription fee anyway. You basically spend roughly... 60 to 70 dollars a year to play destiny you're already basically paying a subscription fee you're paying an annual fee as opposed to a monthly fee they i don't think i don't see them going to a monthly subscription model they already get an annual amount of money from you anyway and it that 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 functions as a similar revenue stream and then they have the eververse and then they have the eververse updating seasonally alongside the season pass like they're doing a pretty good job i think right now having a very light very under the radar subscription fee that nobody really catches on that it's basically a subscription fee the other thing that a subscription fee does it grates against a lot of their philosophical stances right now a la carte seasons i can keep playing destiny if you stop paying a subscription fee you can't freaking play the game Right now, you can skip a DLC, you can skip a season, and you can keep playing Destiny. A subscription fee completely grates against that value point. As soon as you stop paying the subscription fee, you lose access to the game. I just, I do not, th- I do not see sub fees getting off the ground with such a giant uh, console-based player base, as well as everything I just said. More Mega Death. In game leader, in game leaderboards, it's always fun comparing what you do to others. Why doesn't Destiny do this? No idea. Uh, eligible wall what story would you like them to go over in D3 I don't have the mans for it I'd like to see the stranger come back that's about it Engrats. do you see them ending destiny with the launch of their new IP and if so how far no CEO Pete Parsons said by 2025 there'll be a multi-title franchise uh, which means destiny's continuing right by 2025 oh man I just thought about this from a logical perspective okay so by 2025, Pete Parsons says they're going to have an evolved D2 and another game, and another game under their banner. They'll be a multi-franchise developer. That means in 2025, Destiny's still going. If they're done with Destiny by 2025, you're not a multi-franchise. You've now shifted to this new IP. So logically speaking, in order for Pete Parsons' statements to be true, we're still playing Destiny in 2025 in order for them to be a multi-franchise developer. Right? He spoke in an interview where he said that. He said, by 2025, Destiny 2 will have gone through a major evolution and we will be a multi-title, fran- we, we will be a multi-franchise developer. That means in 2025, both, both the new game and this game are still kicking, which means... I, I really think that means we have a Destiny 3. I really do. We will be? Yeah. I, if, you, if you shift your entire develop... develop if, if Bungie is only that new title in 2025, you're not a multi-franchise developer anymore. Do they refer to themselves as a multi-franchise developer right now? Because they stopped making Halo and started making Destiny. They don't consider themselves right? They don't consider themselves multi-franchise right now so if they stop making Destiny and they only make the new title you wouldn't you wouldn't don the moniker of multi-franchise at that point. They don't refer to themselves as that right now. 
you, they stopped making Halo and they made Destiny. They're not like, yeah, we're a multi-franchise developer. No. If by 2025 they're going to be a multi-franchise developer, that means Destiny is still going in 2025. 2025 means 11 years of Destiny? I don't think so. Yeah, you're probably right and the CEO is probably wrong. I think I'm going to go with the CEO. I, th- I think I'm going to go with him. <laughs> what do you mean? You don't think so. They had a plan for the game. They had a contract. A ten, they had a 10-year contract. What do you mean you can't see it going that long? They literally had a 10-year contract with Activision. Or two games in dev? No, I don't think that's what he meant. JPE Morgan with 9 months, thank you. Lover of Males with 11 months, thank you. Uh, I saw your thing in chat, Paris. I'll get to it later. Flimsy, is there any chance D2 finishes out... Uh, whatever time frame with the battle turned understanding to the darkness sparks a D3 title so this is just that big long is there any chance they do this I'm skipping questions like this I'm so sorry but that's not what I want to talk about if you were in charge what would your immediately change needed for the franchise for your future needed direction of D3 just a brief glimpse into the mind of Lono doesn't have to be crazy detailed my personal desire would be to resolve pyramids and resolve Savathun and for D3 to be like a way out in the future, we died and get brought back, it's still us, and that's like a whole new era of the game. That's what I would do. To really, really jettison everything behind, just leave it all behind us. And then, if they bring back exotics and bring back guns, it would be like these strange relics from the past. You know? Yeah, I would really, I would really mess with leveling too. I hate leveling the way that it currently exists. Leveling is fine. I don't like the way that it currently exists. Blueberry, um, man, that'd be a great Twitch name if you played a lot of Destiny. Like if your name was Barry and you named yourself Blueberry, and you'd have all your, all your, you know, all your logos and design stuff could be like a blueberry, like the the, the fruit blueberry, like a blueberry that that kind of looks like a ghost. If you really wanted to really, you, you shouldn't do this in branding. You should never put yourself that narrow, you know? But if you really wanted to be like a Destiny streamer, that was your goal. You'd make a little blueberry, make it look like a ghost, and you'd name yourself Blueberry, you know? And, you're, and you'd B-A-R-R-Y, though. That's, that's where you get creative with it. B-A-R-R-Y, Blueberry. Get it? Anyway. I just, I don't know. That sounds good. Uh, if the next season or expansion is going to be fully introducing us to the darkness, do you think Destiny 3 will be against another threat? We've had that question a bunch today. Uh, Mastero, if Bungie re-implemented Age of Triumph toward the end of D2, how do you think if they, uh, if they remove content such as Leviathan, it would work? Well, I don't know if they're removing Leviathan. You're presuming that they would. So, I, I, they, if, they're, if they have plans for the raids, they're not going to remove the raids, homie. Why Destiny 3? Couldn't they just continue to evolve and drop the 2? Just, we've already dealt with that enough to not really visit again. Can we involve the three factions more in the game, or at least let them be have the same presence they had in D1? I would love a very simple quality of life update brought to them. Yes, I would. Uh, Witty Calf. Are there any abandoned, abridged storylines from D1 or D2 that need to be revisited? I don't think anything needs to be revisited. I would just love the stranger to come back. Uh, wish me a kill. Do you think that there's finally time for something like a new class? We've already answered the new class a handful of times today. Vinny. In the most recent TWAB, Bungie used the year six as an example for how new Trials armor would come out yearly. With them specifically saying years like that, do you see any way D2 doesn't 
uh, last until year six. We've discussed this enough already today. I mean, I've essentially said, I think he said that to let us know how long D2 is going to last, putting 2023 as the launch date for D3. So, I wouldn't be surprised if they removed some raids to make space for the new ones. I would be more inclined, we talked about this a little bit earlier, Zoe, that they would just completely remove vanilla. Um, just completely remove it. If nobody's playing it and they put new planets in its place, you don't need those campaigns. You don't need that dialogue. If they run the numbers and like no one's touching vanilla planets or campaign or adventures, you can remove that stuff. It's, you know, but by, by the time we get to September, that stuff's four years old. You know what I mean? That it, or it's about to be four years old. So just, I would just nuke vanilla <laughs> right out of the game. Uh, Fame Elias do you think that they will increase the amount of raids in year 4 compared to year 3 I have no idea Uh, probably not Argon Nebula one new thing Bungie's done and worthy is being able to add the seasonal activity by investing in the bunkers, giant frames and Valkyrie was this a good addition and how could they use it again in keeping it fresh I've been really hard on this season, but I do think Warmind Cells, the Javelin and the Robot were such a cool idea. It's just, it's so sad that Warmind Cells and the Robot landed in this season, because this season is just a gigantic flop. And those were actually really cool ideas. Summoning a freaking robot, like, it's just cool, man. It's cool. Um, the Warmind Cells, they're cool. And they landed in the worst season that we probably have ever had. <laughs> I feel bad for anybody who worked on the robot or the Warmind cells because they're really neat and they are just, man, they are, they're, they're on the losing team right now. You know, they really are. It's like an all-star in sports just playing on like just an absolute choke squad. It's just, it's such a bummer to have such cool things in, you know, in this season, baked into this season. Kev Dog. Desi 2 was released with the city falling and the cabal... Uh, taking over, but this didn't stem off of a failure in Destiny 1. What if in the final Destiny 2 season we see our Guardian actually fall, and that's how it leads into Destiny 3? We've already said that. feels like you kind of ripped that right out of the discussion today. I don't know. That's that's verbatim what we said a little bit ago. Maybe it's just bad luck, and you submitted the exact same thing we've already talked about, but this late in q and I don't know. That's sus. WoW is a game that had success long-term and updated its game engine many times. This is a possibility. There's no way for me to know. I don't know if they can update Tiger any more than they already have. In the past, you said the gameplay is special and no game feels like Destiny. What if a new engine couldn't bring this special feeling that's so Bungie, uh, that's so unique to D2 now? I mean, that's a concern. I mean, obviously, we're concerned about that. That's why I think that they would take their time with it. I don't think they would rush it. Um, I don't know. Would you prefer D3 on a new Microsoft engine or Unreal 5 uh, with the tech demo for U5? It related to the last question. It, it really comes down to what's the engine that's going to be most likely to replicate the feel of Destiny? What's, what is it? I would think the new Halo engine has a pretty good chance. Patman. Could you ever imagine a 10-man or a 25-man raid? No. The identity of the game has to stay intact. Big, huge, you know, 10, 20 people raids doesn't seem like it would fit, it would feel very, very different. 
Do you think that we'll be able to travel to different galaxies because that would be a cool concept? I have no idea if they would ever do that. I'm kind of flying through because we're getting into the real speculative, do you think they would ever, do you think they would ever, and I don't really answer those questions. Chando with 14 months, thank you. Would Destiny 3 have crossplay or would crossplay come in Destiny 2? That's a question we have to wait for an answer for. Noseworthy says they want to do it, it's just a matter of if they can pull it off technologically because it's peer-to-peer, that's the biggest headache. Lightleaf, do you think another year of only aspirational content being Master or Grandmaster Nightfalls is enough to keep the hardcore players engaged? Any chance of hard mode raids coming back? Again, these are those speculative questions. You guys are asking me to speculate on whether or not they do this stuff. I don't know. A better question would be, do you want them to? Yes, I do. I want a return of a normal and a hard mode. I want a return of a normal hard mode and challenge mode. A raid NPC that updates every season that maybe issues us new challenges so the yearly raid gets some relevancy every season. New ornaments to earn. New things to get for going and doing those challenges. I definitely would love a return to normal and hard. Are they going to do it? I, I have literally no clue. I really don't. Um contest modifier I think gives them a really really good like low hanging fruit hard mode it just I feel like it really does Hobbit Spartan if Bungie were to change the the weapon system in D3 what would you want them to change I'm just going to skip it this is way that's way too big big of a question Hobbit assuming that we do get an engine upgrade do you think that the game can stay relevant Uh, this is just a generic yes or no I don't have I don't have a way of answering that Uh, and magic I Magic Malik. Do you think that we need more categories of heavy weapons besides swords, RPG, grenade launchers, linear fusions, and machine guns? No, but what we need more of is each of those. Rocket launchers need to not suck. We need way more linear fusions and machine guns. I, quantitatively, invest in the existing categories is what I would say. That's a good question, but I don't think we need more types. I think we need more of each type is how I would answer you. Where do you think subclasses in their trees can go in RPG D2? Do you think it's possible to rework them or to have more freedom and diversity in Armor 2.0? I don't think they're going to do much subclass or tree uh, iteration. I really don't think so. I don't think they, I don't think they want to. I think they want to delve deeper into build crafting, weapons, mods, armor, etc. I think we're not going back down the sunsetting debate road, but I think that's why they want to do sunsetting. So they can really delve deeper into crazy build crafting, crazy powers, mods, perks, etc. And then it just cycles out after a year. I think they'd rather do that than subclass tuning because subclass tuning is tough and then you always have your subclass. So it makes it harder, I think, for them to really invest in that. Um, Because those those have longer arches of influence. Do you think it's possible that the new element type could be added into the future? These are, again, these are the, do you think it's possible questions? I'm having to glide over because they're just too generic and I honestly don't know. Um, There's lots of talk that the Dorito ships and the Dreadnought, but it'll still be like Savathun's plan for the Dreaming City. How could that be resolved? I don't know. These are too big and speculative. I have no idea. I've continued to say that we're going to fight with the Pyramid ships long enough to realize that we need the Dreadnought to blow them up, but that's about all I've said. With the sundial being a thing, any chance of Cade ever coming back? The sundial was built with a specific purpose because Osiris was selfish. I don't think the sundial um, is going to let us bring anybody else back because that would be, I don't know, that that's not why it was built. Rad Donut. What types of innovations do you think D3 would need to make to make it feel uh, it was a warranted release? The new engine and dedicated servers, I think, would be the biggest thing to warrant a brand new release. Yes, because it's like it's a brand new game and engine and world 
Um, before Bungie and Activision split, do you think VV was working on a new engine because of the contract they had with them? Oh, and what, they handed off that work to Microsoft? I mean, if anybody was going to do it, VV could do it, right? VV's working on that new Tony, the, the, the Tony Hawk stuff that's coming back, and they ported this game to PC. That seems to be in their wheelhouse. They could have been initiating an engine port, and that work got handed off to somebody else like Microsoft or something. I really and truly don't know. But VV is, that's what they do. That's what they do. Like, they're porters. They're good at it. They ported Destiny to PC, and then the Tony Hawk Pro whatever, one and two, that's VV's work. Bulldog. What if Bungie built Tiger Engine like Epic does with Unreal? Uh, oh, they rebuild it? I mean, that would be obviously another option. Uh, could you ever see Bungie using the Unreal Engine? We've had that question already today. Lucifer. Uh, we are assuming uh, that Microsoft is working with Bungie. Oh, why? Why are we assuming? There are a few tweets by the head honchos in the past about leaving Activision. But what? But that's all they could be? No. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. These are not generic tweets. These are not generic social back claps. Phil Spencer said, I can't wait to work on what work on one of my favorite franchises with one of my favorite developers. We actually have a Phil Spencer command so that I can accurately quote this. I forgot that we made this. Phil Spencer said, looking forward to a very bright future, working with working with one of my favorite independent studios on one of my favorite franchises. Excited to see how they continue to grow and evolve Destiny. That's weird. He said evolve Destiny. That's the similar language that CEO Pete Parsons used. They're going to see a fully evolved Destiny. Why are they using the same language? It's almost as if they're talking in the background about the future of Destiny. That's really odd. Why would Phil Spencer say he's looking too forward to a very bright future working with one of his favorite independent studios on one of his favorite franchises? Come on, chat. Something's there. Where there is smoke, there is fire. And that tweet is smoking. It is smoking hot. Something's going on in the background. I'm telling you right now. It's got to be. That tweet is not just some throwaway public backclap like, go get him, Bungie. No. It's a sign of things to come. Do you think Destiny 3 will run on a different graphics engine or will be the same? We've already talked about the engine stuff. Do you think that there's a way for a healthy Destiny without sunsetting? I asked for no sunsetting questions. We already went down there and I don't want to. Go watch my sunsetting video, my sunsetting criticisms video, and there's over five hours of Q&A. We have exhausted uh, sunsetting at this point. Can it live without it? I don't think so. And you can find my reasoning in those videos. Assuming D3 does happen, what would you like to see skill trees that are more similar to D1 or D2? Neither. I want to see D2 skill trees, but then drilled down, expanded like they do in ESO. I don't want to go back to D1. I'd rather take the framework of D2 and drill down and make it more in-depth. Salty Oreo. Is there any chance that the community is looking in the wrong direction for D3? What if it's a prequel? I can't see them doing that. An evolving world where we have an impact and then we go and do a prequel? That would be absolutely awful. Uh, it's Parm. Do you know of any specific or current limitations Bungie's facing with the D2 engine? I don't know the specifics, but we just know it's clunky and slow and not agile. Uh, Bungie sunset year one, year two armor by completely redoing the armor 2.0. Should Bungie have done a weapon 2.0 and sunset? Would that have been better received? We we don't know if they're, they're doing a weapons 2.0 T-Funk. When they outlined Armor 2.0, we were really, really close to the launch of Shadowkeep when we finally got those details and that was announced. What we've recently gotten in the TWABs, I've called housekeeping. They're not marketing September yet. Once they start marketing September, I actually think we are going to get information about a Weapon 2.0. 
first bleed. With sun setting at the beginning of the fourth season of a gun's lifespan, uh, what do you think about a gun like Fellwinter's that will have a much shorter lifespan since it came out at the end of a season? That's not how it works. Oh, 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 oh. No, I see what you're saying. Um, I don't want to go down the sunsetting debate. I don't, I, I just, I genuinely don't give a frick if you like lose a month of the 12 months. Like I, I'm not going to shed tears over that. I am sympathetic to like it taking four months to get a mind benders that you want. That's a significant reduction of the lifespan, but like losing like a couple, like a month or two, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not going to shed tears over end game viability being a little bit shorter for some weapons. I just, I just can't keep going down that. It just feels like a forced complaint. Thoughts on Destiny 2 being such a big game storage-wise? What Bungie can do to manage that? I don't feel like talking about that. Would you ever want Destiny to bring back last season content like a reprise menagerie with new loot? I talked about that quite a bit. Repurpose old content, repurpose the old guns, make them cooler, make them better. Don't leave content like the Forges or Menagerie or Reckoning or Blind Well or Escalation Protocol. Why leave them dormant, you know? Repurpose them and reuse them. And Driver. I feel like there's a good possibility of teaming with the Fallen in D3, looking at Mithrax. Do you think that you we could see this introducing a relationship of the Fallen weapons and armor? Uh, this is just big speculation, not really a question. I don't really... I've been, I've been skipping those questions, sorry. Serial Kira. It seems lately, Bungie likes to do large community activities, like quarters of time, and I guess the lie. Uh, would you want them to continue to do this for the rest of D2 into D3? They got to get a little bit better with the community events. I don't think, like, do this a bunch of times and see the number go up is good enough. I think it's cool. Like a tracker in the tower, and we were building the tower. We were building the, the, the lighthouse. I mean, something like that's cool. Seeing the in-game effect and seeing the number go up is neat. But I think they got to come up with something a little bit better in the future. Um, Civvy Beard. What about your most wanted improvement for D3? Mine would be a larger open world environment and substantially larger player count, per instance. We've already dealt with this. You just weren't here. I I like the idea of larger instances. Obviously, dedicated servers in a new engine is like the biggest thing on the demand because you get so you get so much quality from that. But I don't want to have instances that are literally full of like a hundred people. That wouldn't feel like destiny. We will lose our feel of potency and power if there's like a hundred people in an instance. I could say you know twenty five or something like that. Now in past videos, I may have said like, oh man, so many people in the instance it would feel so big and so large. But like the more I thought about it, you got to be really really careful. You can make the game feel like a completely different game if you do that, if you just absolutely overwhelm the size and the scope and the number of people. You know what I mean? Um, we'll do this as the last question. Fun question. Tier list of raids. Uh, Wrath is still the best, uh, followed by King's Fall. Uh, and King's Fall and Vogue are kind of tied. And then Crota. Uh, Leviathan is in last place. Leviathan is, is, literal, is literally the worst raid. Uh, and then Crowd of Sorrow is like a little bit above it. And then like I say that Garden is the best D2 raid uh, right up there with Last Wish. Uh, right up there with Last Wish. Garden is, I think Garden of Salvation is the is the best raid in Destiny 2. Uh, I think I think Last Wish is right up there almost tied with it because the scope and the size of Last Wish is just phenomenal. Um, and uh, yeah, I put and then Scourge of the Past. Scourge of the Past. And then Eater and Spire I didn't like them that much. I kind of put them down close to the bottom too. I like Eater, but it's just too short and and the loot sucked. Um, I attach a lot of value to a raid based on loot. And um, I attach a lot of value based on loot. And Eater and Spire's loot sucked. So I don't like those that much. And um, 
uh, last wish is miles ahead of Gardner. are you nuts no 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 garden brat b- brought back like a d1 feel with its ray design and it's the environments and the structure and the fights and the mechanics um i love last wish i said it's almost tied i said it's almost tied like they're in my mind they're like virtually tied like rather the machine is the best d1 raid and then like vault of glass and king's fall are kind of tied for me you know what i'm saying um yes but energy weapons yeah, but loot wise, like I, there wasn't anything in there was not anything in Last Wish that stood out for me loot wise either. Like I don't know, I, the, the the loot is just bleh. It's just yeah, it's not very good. So fun last question. If your question got skipped, I am sorry. Sometimes I just feel like I've got to glide over the. Do you think we could fight the Fallen in D three? Like I just don't want to spend a bunch of time on something like that. That's kind of just very very speculative. Um, if you've enjoyed this time and you haven't clicked follow yet, please be sure and do that. That does support the, the Twitch channel. It's a free thing to do. You just click follow and you can turn on notifications to not miss these streams. I'm going to keep on streaming. We can keep on discussing. If something got passed over in Q&A and you still want to talk about it, you can continue to ask questions and discuss. Sometimes those back and forth or hyper-specific questions are better suited for just normal chat interaction. So sometimes when I glide over a question, it's perfectly fine for like chat talk it's just i try to stay efficient in q a so don't go anywhere we'll keep talking if you're listening elsewhere you can always come in here live say no to rage.com or as always please like share and subscribe